like who knew i know right because <laughs> there was like so much confidence about this movie like before it came out like everyone loved the trailer yeah, and also... Most people liked Force Awakens. People said it's the same thing as A New Hope. But, like, people genuinely agreed, like, it was fine. Yeah, it w- was well-received. Yeah, generally. But, like, I It wasn't think, controversial. This movie, I think, does seem to directly not do the things people complained about in Force Awakens. So I feel like maybe that's why... It felt like the studio had a lot of confidence in this movie, particularly Kathleen Kennedy. But, like, even coming, like, even leading up to it, like, Rotten Tomatoes gave it, like, I think this is the highest ranked Star Wars movie critically. Is it? I think that it really is. I could be wrong, I'll search it up, but I'm pretty sure it has the highest ranking. That's wild. But I just, like, I remember, like, months before this movie came out, the announcement happening that Ryan Johnson was going to get his own trilogy. Yeah. Because that's... that's how sure they were that this movie was going to go over well. Yeah. That's how much they liked what he was doing. And, like, believed that audiences would also. Yeah. They, like, had faith. Yeah. That it was... They had in... hope. <laughs> they had hope. <laughs> the rebellions are built on hope. Like, I remember Ryan Johnson tweeting when that, like announcement happened he was like obviously i already wanted you to like episode eight but now i really hope you like episode eight <laughs> okay maybe i was wrong as a 90 percent. yeah the, but okay that's the critics mm-hmm. the audience score <laughs> would you like to know i'm imagining it's like 50 right a bit less 43 but yikes yeah i think i i it was on like rotten tomatoes like best I think this was also one of those situations where people, like, stormed Rotten Tomatoes, though, to, like, give it a low score. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Because people were really upset. People were offended by this movie. I I feel like it's not that offensive. I feel like... They... I think... I don't know. Like, the worst parts of it are fine. Yeah, at its worst, fine. Like, there's not much... I don't get the hullabaloo. You know? I get parts of it. Yeah. Just not to the point where I understand, like, how the internet reacted to this film. Like, I get... If you, like, said you didn't like this film, that's... I I would understand because it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. So if that's your point, I get it. It's vi- the longest... Is it the longest one I think, yeah, it's the longest it's Star It's still War. the longest Star War. Which it's, is... Crazy and if you're not on board, then I get how you could be annoyed. Yeah. However, that's not the argument most people use when watching this movie. No, people will think that this is like, this tarnishes the this name is, of Star Wars. This is Disney officially ruining Star Wars forever. Yeah. Because when Force Awakens came out, it was just like, yeah, Disney bought it, but like, whatever, it's... Like, you know, they do stuff like Disney would do where, like, they have new Stormtrooper outfits so they can sell toys and stuff. Yeah. You know, they do Disney stuff. Yeah. But it was still Star Wars. It was, like... Uh, well, again, because the, the points of that movie is to be, like, undeniably Star Wars. So it's just, like, immediately set us back to the status quo of New Hope. Yeah. So then when you have this movie, this is when people started to say, really, truly started to say, Disney ruined the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> Yeah. Which I don't understand how you can say when George Lucas <laughs> yeah. already made a mess of it. 
Yeah, there are people who hate all of the sequels, and there are people who hate this movie only. I mean, we talked about it in the last episode, but this is where every opinion is fair game. This is where, if you have any take at all, it's a hot take. <laughs> and if you ask basically anyone their opinion, there isn't a, like, majority opinion, it feels like. No. Yeah. I feel like, actually, now that we've all had a couple years to reflect, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think more people have started to tone down their beliefs i could be wrong really? but i feel like a lot i remember seeing a lot of videos that are like i was wrong about the last jedi <laughs> <laughs> and it's people either being like it's not as good as what i said it was mm-hmm. because i can acknowledge a lot of the mistakes it made or it's people being like no i respect some of the choices now that ryan johnson made it's not as bad as i said it yeah was. i mean I think this film people- certainly inspired a lot of gut reactions <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We should probably introduce the podcast. How many episodes do you think have you saying, so when are we going to introduce the podcast? Because we just start talking. Which is kind of on me. Um. This is Star Wars, bitches. <laughs> Saw in right, okay, yeah. No, that's a good let's place start to start. Because I was with... like, do we just jump into the plot? No, no let's, start... let's start with our experience. I loved seeing this movie. This is one of my favorite well, do movies. Do you want to so... talk about the trailers leading up to it? Because yeah. this is where I get even more confused about people. Mm-hmm. Because when the trailers came out, yeah. everyone loved it. Yeah. But the trailers is even though it takes out like the Canto Bite stuff, like they didn't advertise that, you know? Yeah. All the stuff with Luke is the same. So I'm confused why people are like, Luke's evil in this one? I'm like, in the trailer, he (laughs) says the line, this will be the last, I don't know. He says it's time for the Jedi to end. (laughs) It's a fake thing. And we're all like, ooh, Luke's not going to be the Luke we seen. So I don't understand why people were surprised. Also, what, what else do you do you do with Luke if you're bringing back Luke? Like, I don't see another thing to do other the than, like, make him grumpy. The explanation for him being on the, an island mm-hmm. where he had an intricate map leading to him is that he didn't want to be found. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess he left a map, but it's not like who's ever the smartest gets the map gets to train with me. It's just like there's a map for some reason. They don't clarify who made the they map. They never explain the map. <laughs> the map thing was an idea. They never explain R2-D2 coming, showing up with the map, and they never show explain why there's a map to begin with. Do you know with. what I realized when we watched this movie? What? This has been the best use of R2-D2 since um, Return of the Jedi. That's insane that you would say that, because he's in literally only one scene, and then doesn't show up till the end of the movie. He's in one scene, but it's so good. It's a good scene. It's a good it's scene. It's real cute. It's just the only good scene R2-D2's been in since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's just because the prequels, you're confused why he's there. Yeah, Not no, even it's... that he's terrible, like, we get a lot of good screams and jokes or whatever. Well, in the first two prequels, he's, like, his presence feels like weird like it's just like why are you, he doesn't do anything yeah. <laughs> and then the third one he they do they're like jokes jokes first now we'll start in the dark one but <laughs> this is the one where darth vader rises we're gonna start adding in jokes yeah now we're gonna start doing comedy um but 
Yeah, the lead up to this movie was very big. Yeah, I remember when we... I remember... Like, the first teaser came out. <laughs> Do you remember? What? My reaction to the trailer. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this is what I'm building up to. Because the first teaser came out and Ryan Johnson publicly said, like, don't watch any other trailers. So you'll enjoy it more if you're surprised when you watch it. And then, like, the day the first official trailer was coming out, he was like, I don't know. It is really good, though. And then when it came out, he was like, never mind everything I said. Watch this trailer. It's real cool. It's... And it's the trailer that, like, has the it has the um, island theme. The, yeah. like, dun, 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 dun. This, is, this movie gets its own theme. Yeah, the Last Jedi theme. Yeah. Which they use in Force Awakens right at the end. Yeah. So it becomes like, it 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 works very well where John Williams sets up the next movie at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. And then this trailer ends on the moment of Rey going, I need someone to show me my way through all this. And then it cuts to Kylo. He puts out his hand. Dun, 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 dun. I did a full, like somersault backwards yeah <laughs> when that happened i like flipped my legs i was sitting because i down. remember i played the trailer on the tv i didn't tell you i was about to do that and it then just you happened were, and then you were like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was the best trailer i really love this trailer more than anything just because the way it transitions from all of the three arcs that are gonna happen in this movie yeah Beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, we get stuff with Finn fighting Phasma. We yeah. also It also starts with a really cool shot. Do you remember what it is? It's like a shot of just like stars. And then the stars turn into like just these little like specks on the rock. And then her hand like slams oh, down yeah. on the rock. It's awesome. It's very cool. We get shots of like To the point like, where Kylo I was walking. so convinced that was going to be the first shot of the movie. Wow. That it was going to like start with her training. I mean, they could. Yeah. They definitely could. Yeah, but then Ryan Johnson has talked about how he wanted to see what immediately happens next. Mm-hmm. That was what was exciting to him about the cliffhanger of Force Awakens. Yeah, you want to know. Yeah. Can you show me? Can you show me? We saw this movie. I remember when we saw this we, This one we saw separately. We did not Because I was it at together. school. Um, yeah. Off in college. At, at this point. That's <laughs> funny. And... When Force Awakens came out, I was in high school, and when and Last Jedi came out, I was in college. Crazy how time works. Time. <laughs> um, and and I remember I got to the theater. I went completely alone because most of my friends had gone home I for winter break. I can't imagine seeing Star Wars by myself. I went completely alone, and when I got to the theater, on the door of like the theater, there was a, a someone had put up a poster that said, "At points in this movie." The audio will go away for dramatic effect. Dramatic effect. This is not a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I've never had to have a disclaimer in the theater. Because I can imagine the if there wasn't a disclaimer, people, like, when it, the audio does cut up, being like, eh, it's just Star Wars. You know, no, I'm not joking. There was a theater where it didn't go at the very, very beginning, Mm -hmm. the very beginning of the movie. They were like 20 minutes in. People were still screaming about it. They had to restart the film. No, no. I mean, well, that's a different that you have to. (laughs) No, I agree with them. (laughs) No, I don't think they restarted the film. Basically, everyone got really angry at the theater. So the theater gave them all refunds, but they couldn't like 
play the it movie was again because it was all sold out and, and they had to keep up the time. Oh my god. So everyone had to go home and then get tickets for like three days later. Oh. It was their decision to make a big deal out of it. But I guess a good reaction. Yeah. You kind of, you need the beginning. You need the beginning. I just remember that I would that feel cheated if I happened. didn't get that. Yeah. But yeah, I remember, I don't know. It was funny going to this alone because there were, this was like the first time watching a Star Wars movie in theaters. And I'd seen two at this point. I'd seen Force Awakens and Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Where I, there was a moment in the movie, and I'll talk about it later, where I literally felt the urge to like stand up and start applauding. <laughs> and no one else was doing that. So I couldn't. <laughs> but I was like so into it that i was just like i i gotta acknowledge how cool this is yeah i remember my experience i saw it at a small theater i had to wait because there wasn't a signed seating so me and my friend waited it's like winter Mm -hmm. because star wars thinks they're christmas movies for some reason they always release it in december yeah for no reason whatsoever but they do and um it's like freezing cold so like i got hot chocolate it was a real fun time i love it just like standing on a line with like a whole bunch of Star Wars fans. It's yeah, a fun like experience. literally outside. Yeah. yeah, the only people are there are people dedicated to Star Wars. You know? <laughs> um, and this is also I said last time there's a trend of me ruining the film for everyone. And okay, yeah, what's this story? This one's not as bad. Okay. I think this is the least bad one because it's not a big moment in the movie where I decided to make huge distraction. Mm-hmm. It was just. So the movie was happening, and I was loving every second of it. Yeah. And there's Ray's walking around, and then suddenly she turns, and Adam Driver is shirtless on screen. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so shocked. It felt like I was watching a fan fiction that was published. (laughs) I was like, no way. So I just slapped my friend. (laughs) And she went, ow! And everyone turned to look at her. Because I was like, what am I watching? What is happening? (laughs) Just like not being able to understand it, so you just fucking slap the person next to you. I was just like, oh my god, do you see what we are watching? Like, this is insane. So that wasn't that bad because it wasn't like Han Solo was dying Mm -hmm. and people were looking at me. It was like. Ben Swolo was on screen. <laughs> ben Swolo was making Everyone his first just appearance. This teenage girl was like dying because <laughs> Adam Driver was shirtless on screen. <laughs> I'd also like to mention it was only grown men <laughs> in this scene. Of course, it was like grown men, and then a couple of them probably had like dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, it was really just like <laughs> me. My friend were like these two teenage girls in this theater, and we're the ones who made a big ruckus with Adam Yeah. Anyway, I remember after the movie, I called you. My theater was really into the movie. Yeah, my theater too. Yeah, so that's fun that we both got to enjoy the movie, and then when we came out of it, we had no idea what was to come next. Because I just assumed everyone in the theater loved it, and because everyone in your theater and my theater loved it. Yeah, they were like, I'm like. Big applauses, huge reactions. Mine wasn't at the point where everyone applauded every five seconds because some theaters are like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like anytime like Admiral Akbar shows up, we're all like, yay. (laughs) No, it wasn't that. It was (laughs) just everyone like had this like, 
ooh, like there was a sound that came out of everyone's mouth of like some scene. No, everyone was, like, was having the wow. perfect reactions in my theater. Yeah. It was great. Um, um, but we called you, I called you afterwards? Yeah, and you <laughs> called me while I waited for an at for an hour at the bus stop. Yeah. Just in the cold waiting. I when I called you was on the floor of the bathroom in shock. <laughs> right, you were like in you, the bathroom <laughs> practically. <laughs> I was like on the side of the tub like live. <laughs> I wasn't sick. I was just in shock. For no, this movie it. destroyed you. No, then. the next day I saw an early screening, so it like comes out on Friday. I saw it on Thursday, so I had to go to school the next day. Mm-hmm. I was like shaking. <laughs> My friend was like, Was it good? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I remember actually my friend being like I swear to God, if Ray and Kylo are a thing, and then me being like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) And then the next day, they came to me and was like, no, I I like it. I like it. I approve, and I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, so that was my experience, kind of for the first. Yeah, and you called me, and we just splurged about it until literally my phone died. Yeah. Because I couldn't charge it, because I was just at this bus station waiting forever for this bus to show up yeah at umass so the last jedi <laughs> yeah the crawl the crawl. the crawl is very vague not a lot happens in this crawl i disagree i love this crawl no not to say it's bad i just mean like i think some this crawls crawl give stab- more cloth than others this one's very just like the resistance i think the only- this does a better job than most at like actually establishing the landscape that this story takes place in like, a lot better than Force Awakens, at least, where I'm like, oh, I kind of get where everyone is and, like, what their positions are. Where, like, it starts with the First Order reigns. Uh, the First Order is trying to to seize military control of the galaxy, is what it says. Yeah. And uh, the first step of doing that is snuffing out the, the Resistance. I that just is mean the making only thing that it actually says is that the resistance has been exposed and needs to escape. Yeah. And that's the only thing we haven't heard of so far. Because yeah. the whole first movie kind of talks about the First Order is bad and they want to take over the galaxy. So the first like two paragraphs of this crawl is just like a summary of the last movie a bit. Yeah. But and I then think this it does... one is the only new I just mean crawls usually provide new information that we haven't heard of yet. Sure. And this one the only new thing it says is that the resistance like Luke Skywalker is, is going to save his friend Han Solo on Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> no, this isn't that. So it starts with this um I think it starts with Billy Lord, right? Yeah, so we pan down from the crawl and then we do like a really hard zoom like past all these like the escaping resistance spaceships. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Billy Lord. We see with the resistance from Force Awakens, like yeah. evacuating. We, we hear like this big like spaceship noise from above <laughs> and we see her look up and go, oh no. And then we see like the Star Destroyer showing up. And, yeah. You know, something it's very I, dramatic. Yeah. Something I noticed is that a lot of the, they don't have a theme for the First Order. John Williams did not write a theme, so there are a couple moments where they just used the Kylo Ren theme for the First Order, <laughs> which is just a, a little bizarre yeah. to have his theme playing in scenes where he has nothing to do with what's happening. <laughs> Our first, like, scene of the film is all Poe. Basically. Yeah. It's weird, because I would say, I would argue that Poe has the least to do in this movie. He didn't have much to do in the last one. He doesn't have much to do in this one. Not to say he doesn't have a clear arc. I just mean, like, if I were to rank how much screen time are these characters are given. I don't know. He's the, the, like, 
third plot. He is of the third the plot. Three. I just mean like he is the third plot. Sure, yeah. He's he not the Ray, C plot. which is the first plot, and he's not Finn, which is the B plot. Yeah, he is the, the first last plot, one. the B plot, and the Poe plot. The Poe plot. Um, I just mean anyway. It's it's a fun beginning. There's like the happy beeps, buddy. Happy beeps. Yeah, which is which cute. Is, yeah, and. We Here's, always laugh whenever it cuts to Donald Weiss and Essex. Because oh my God. this scene, whenever it cuts to him, he has the most perfect so reaction. General Hux is my favorite Star Wars character. And I mean that with 100% sincerity. <laughs> like, he is my favorite Star Wars character. No, and she is, has his hat. No, no, I don't have his hat. He doesn't wear a hat. But well, you have the First Order hat. I have a First Order hat. It's I feel great. like he wears it in First Force Awakens. M- maybe, but not in this one. Not in this, this one. This one, he's full redhead. Full redhead. I love him be- because of this movie exclusively. Yeah. And it's because every line he says, every face he makes... Is perfect. Is perfect. Like, his the first, like... The last one, he has very little to do. He's just that dude who gives a big speech. Yeah, in one scene. In one scene. But in this one, he's, like... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Donald Gleeson <laughs> really just wanted to make him such a prick for no reason. <laughs> and he's always smug or... He's just right. the most transparent character in all of Star Wars, where it's like, I know exactly what he wants and exactly what he's not getting. He's just very upset I think the whole time, because nothing is working out for him. don't like Hux in this movie. And Why? Because they hate fun? Yeah, because they hate fun. Yeah, basically, um, people don't like that the dark side... They This is an argument for all of the sequel trilogy, but mm-hmm. the dark side is... It doesn't take itself seriously. Not itself. I don't know if that's true. It's just, they have a lot of jokes now. Yeah, surrounding... Surrounding the the dark side. Like, Hux is a comedic character in this movie. He's a joke. We're not frightened of him, you know? And then Kylo Ren's this child who's crying all the time. But even in New Hope, they have, like... They fuck with the stormtroopers a lot. Um, I don't know why it's such a big deal. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think... Kylo Ren, be, people complain that he's like this whiny child or whatever. Because he is, but that's why he's great. But that's why he's great. And also why it's just like, yeah, I, he'd probably like kill most of the main characters given the opportunity. Like, he really would. He he's still so is a threat. unstable. I have no idea what this man's going to do. Yeah. His motivations feel like they're constantly changing because he doesn't know what he wants. And that's really the only thing motivating him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's why Hux is my favorite character. He's just so upset, and it comes across so clearly in every line he says. Just, <laughs> like, so the long. confidence he has in the First Order, and then the fact that he is constantly shut down by, like, Poe making fun of him, and then them, like, losing the initial battle, and the face he makes. <laughs> the face he makes. Every it time also, it cuts to him. I remember what, for some reason, people decided to debate after watching this, is there's, like, a your mom joke in mm-hmm. the opening scene and people were upset people were like the first order is such a joke at this point i remember people have- take this movie so seriously to the point they're like how do the bombs drop i'm like i'm not here for star wars for like re i don't know they're above a planet there's still gra- gravity exists in space but like why does the lasers make sound like star wars the original trilogy is so campy i don't mm-hmm. understand how you can take these movies like 
I take them seriously, meaning I am invested and I care about them. I am open to a lot of weird stuff happening, like bombs dropping or whatever in space, because why would I care? Yeah, that's not... That's a weird thing to complain about. It's a lot of small things in this movie people really were upset by. Yeah. Like, some of the jokes and some of the, like, technicalities of it. And it feels, like, very petty. Yeah. Meanwhile, this opening scene is just so fun. I love that we say it's fun, but I got emotional while we watched this beginning bit. Yeah. It's also, you know what I realized watching Mm -hmm. it? Is that this is the opening scene that we pitched for Empire Strikes Back, where it starts with the evacuation. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, so it starts with, like, a lot of energy before we get into, like, the plot plot. And then, but we are, like, establishing, like, the where everyone is. Mm-hmm. And, like, we understand what's at stake, like, very immediately. Yeah, it really does start with Poe. Because they catch them in the middle of their evacuation. And then it's just, like, the the First Order is chasing literally the entire resistance. The entire resistance is so small. Everyone who point. is the resistance is on this one planet leaving this planet. So mm-hmm. we see every ship. There are 400 people yeah. who are the resistance. It's so small. And the whole movie is just that number slowly oh, going did. down. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, so it's weird when people say this movie doesn't have stakes because, oh my gosh. So many people die. Yeah. And we see that in this beginning scene because Poe's being a real dummy. He's being real reckless. He does not listen to his mother. Yeah. (laughs) He's talking to his mom, Princess Leia. On the phone. He's like, hey, mom. General Leia. I really want to blow up this ship. And she's like, let's not. Let's just leave while we can. Let's maybe not. We're all alive, so let's maybe stay that way. Stay that way. And he's like, no, this is a good time. This is a good time to blow up a spaceship. Yeah. And then... then It gets very emotional for me because... Um, we are introduced to Paige Tico. Yeah. We don't even learn her name. She's just, it's like... He says Paige. Oh, he, he does. He says, Paige, you're the last bomber. He you does gotta, say it. He does You say gotta it. drop the bombs. Um, and we're just focused on her. Yeah. Um. I remember this was the moment in the movie where, like, the audience started getting really into it in my theater. Yeah. Because this scene is tense as shit. It's where- so <laughs> tense and dramatic. Where and she's, like, she has to, like, climb up the ladder around with all these bombs around her to, like, get the, the like, trigger to release the bombs. Because yeah. the guy has been knocked out um, who was supposed to do it. Then the, like, ship gets shot. And, and she, she gets, falls. she, like, falls down. And, and like, it cuts to black. And then we just get the gets, slow thing of her waking cause up. Because, yeah, she presumably gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And then we, like, yeah, have this moment of, like... We see both Hux and Poe yelling in complete it's silence. It's not Hux, but it's some other dude. Right, we have that other guy who's kind of fun. That's yeah. like just a good Star Wars like general. Yeah. Where he's just like, fire on the base! Like that guy. <laughs> yeah, that dude. Yeah. Um, but we get like them both of the sides like screaming because all of it counts on her. Yeah, they're and- trying to destroy her ship. She's Poe's like, you got, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> and then we see her like kicking the thing trying to get the the little remote to fall and then when the remote falls and we see it go past her face i remember the whole audience just went oh like all you're so invested and then she grabs it and she holds her necklace and then she like 
dies. And like, she presses the oh button and God. all the bombs fall down. And it's a very, like, satisfying thing. Yeah. But it's, we, like, see her, like, get engulfed in the explosions. Yeah. And then I think we cut to Leia, right? Leia's looking at a, like, a TV screen yeah. of all the people who are now dead. Yeah. There was also a good 3PO joke we skipped over. Oh, he wiped that nervous expression. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm nervous. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I like how they use 3PO in this one. This yeah, feels like a, 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 the perfect amount of 3PO. It that really you should have. is the perfect they, like, amount. Because he's not really in Force Awakens, and they, like, abuse him in Rise of Skywalker. So, like... Yeah, they're using him way too much. Yeah. It's like, I'm not invested anymore that much in him. Yeah. And I think they use him well in this one, and that just, like... He will show up for a couple jokes. Yeah, and, like, raise the conflict slightly when we get to the mutiny later in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll just be, like, stressing all our main characters out a bit more. Which is all good fun. All good fun. Yeah. It's just a character who's, like, but this isn't good, guys! (laughs) And they're like, you know that. But we are the good guys. Then we have Finn waking up. Right, which was originally supposed to be the opening shot of the movie. Do you know about this? No. It was originally supposed to pan down from the crawl, and it was supposed to look like we're panning down to a planet, but then it turns out to, like, be the, like, med- medical, like, tank that Finn is in. Oh. And it's kind of like a jump scare thing where he's like, Ray! And then, like, he meets up with Poe, and he explains what's going on, and then Poe goes to do the fight. Oh. But then th- the reason they changed that is because it kind of started the movie with, like, a weird energy. And they want to just, like, get right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I would... I like this version better. Yeah. Than that. Um, but he wakes up. Yeah, Finn... He goes up... Finn he goes up to him. He reunites with his boyfriend. He reunites with his boyfriend who does not give him his jacket back because that scene was deleted. Um, I remember watching that deleted scene and crying. Because he sewed the jacket back together because for him? He took the time. I can just <laughs> imagine him sitting down and sewing it by Finn's side and just be like, my boyfriend's got in a coma, but I'm gonna sew him back his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. I'm way too invested about this relationship, which has never enough screen time. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm sure you have a million questions. And he's like, where's Ray? Cut to Cut to Ray. Ray and we're, <laughs> we've got the island theme again, and it's Classic. great. And she... She's handing Luke Skywalker the lightsaber. He gets his mechanical hand. Yeah, now. which I like. I like it. Because that's presumably just like the skin parts all fell off yeah. over time. And now it's just like, oh, he's a robot man. Yeah. Um, And he like holds the lightsaber. And he throws it away. And he throws it over. And that's the biggest thing. <laughs> People, in my audience, that got to laugh. They were just like, ha ha ha. And I was yeah. like, ooh. People laughed. Interesting. I think people's argument is like the lightsaber is like J.J. Abrams setting up the trilogy and Ryan Johnson's throwing it away. And it's like, what are you talking about? No, it's about? just a character beat. It's just a character beat. But like, it's a, like these movies work on like shorthand. And that is literally just him shorthand for letting the past die. Yeah. Which is not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is what you say it a lot. That Luke and Kylo Ren are both wrong. <laughs> Ray is correct. Everyone listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> the I genuinely believe the moral of this story mm-hmm. is listen to women. 
<laughs> I'm not joking. Many no, it kind of is. A lot of the arcs in this movie re- revolve around men realizing they need to listen to women. Yeah. No, it's Finn listening to Rose. Rose, Poe listening to Holdo, and yeah. Luke listening to Ray. Damn, you're right. It's respect women, and Ryan <laughs> Johnson said it, and I love it more than anything. And isn't that so much nicer than just the, like... Leia and Ray are gonna hug for no reason. They're like, stop holding my hand. It doesn't feel pandering at all. No, it's just like... It feels just It's like, just built into the movie. It's built into the movie. This is one of the rare instances where, like, a guy will do feminism, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> In a movie. Yeah. Because um, it's not... Ryan, it, it's not J.J. Abrams trying to be a feminist. It's just Ryan Johnson is a feminist and that works its way into the movie. Yeah. His his viewpoints work its way into it inherently. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, happens with like, I'm sure he's against animal cruelty and I know that. Why? Why? <laughs> because there's a plot line about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, he throws away the lightsaber and she's like, Master Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> she's really cute. She taps... His door with the stick. And he's like, go away. That's the first line we get from Luke Skywalker in this movie is him just like, fucking leave. Leave me alone. (laughs) And then Chewie shows up. Yeah. You know what is weird? We get a shot of like his ship in the water. Oh, yeah. I always assumed that was going to be like. I think that's a red herring. So we think that's how he gets there at the end of the movie. Maybe. I think that's what that's supposed to be. Ray is just like. Stop being annoying. Come on, we're leaving right now. <laughs> she's like, she's really just like. We'll explain we'll why explain on the Falcon on when the we're leaving. When we are off this island. When we are going to the Resistance, which is escaping right now. And then Luke's like, wait, where's Han? And then we that cut That is, to- people get upset. And I, this is something I can understand. Where people are upset that we don't get a scene of, like, Luke mourning Han or something. Mm. It just cuts away, and that's his reaction. I'm just not sure if there's time for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. This it's like, this so movie's long. so long, and you want to add new scenes. I get it. Yeah. Why people are upset. That's, that that's one of the complaints where I get. But that also acts as a very nice transition into cutting to Kylo Ren. I know, right? The, the way this movie flows, the, it ends up being weird by the end. When you finish this movie and you look back and you're like, we went a lot of places in this movie. <laughs> but initially, the way it transitions from each character, just like the trailer, I loved it. Yeah, I was really engaged. Like, people say that they were bored in the theater of this movie, and I don't get it. Like, I can kind of see now, like, re-watching it a bunch of times, what people were kind of talking about. Yeah. But, like, I was just so, like, pulled into just, like, how it was presenting where everyone was and what they were doing. Yeah. And we start with Kylo. And he and goes to see Snoke. He goes to see Snoke, <laughs> who is... just, like, told off General Hux in a great scene where he, like, slams him onto the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, next scene, we see him in... Kylo walks into he's, Snoke's Star Moon. Snoke is laughing. It's he's like fabulous. He's like ha 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 ha. He's in this like big room. Reds everywhere. It's filled with red. He's wearing this golden this, bathrobe. This like yellow bathrobe. It's golden. It looks amazing yeah. on him. Ryan Johnson talks about how he thought like it would be. He wanted to separate Snoke from the Emperor a little bit, and he thought it would be fun to do that, but just by making him kind of glam and like. Just Bit, like he's just very pompous yeah he's just like i love it yeah because the costumes in this movie beautiful yeah, we'll talk more about it but i love it because snoke's role in force awakens is very weird 
It's, like, you don't kind of get what he is. Is it just like, oh, is he just literally a new emperor? And is then, he like, big? Is, is he, he a hologram? Is he big? Uh, is he the reason the First Order exists? Did he create the First Order? Like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then I think Brian Johnson understands that the way to make him work is just like, oh, he's just literally a guy. Yeah. That somehow ended up in charge. Mm-hmm. Who was, like, strong in the dark side and he, like, he's very motivated by his ego. And he's very motivated. In the same way that Luke is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very motivated by the idea, like, ooh, I can train Ben Solo to just, like, destroy the legacy of the Skywalkers. Yeah. You know? It also, I think this movie does a better job than Force Awakens at it's like, oh, he got Kylo Ren because he wanted him to be the new Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, this is a guy who literally is just trying to rebuild the Empire. So he, he's just like, when I found you, I was like, oh, you can be the guy. Yeah. You're, You'll be my dude. You'll be my dude. <laughs> um, And then we have this great scene where he tells him off and... Cut. It's like he's you're just like, a child I, in a mask. Yeah. It's oh, so this conversation's good. so great. Where this he's is the just... movie that makes me love Snoke. Snoke's really fun in this one. Because I think, again, it, like, Ryan Johnson understands that so much of it is just the performance of it. Yeah, Andy Serkis in is ev- doing a great job. Yeah. Ryan Johnson describes Andy Serkis as delicious in this movie, and I 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah. Like, he has this, like, low rumble under his voice that, like... Oh, it's so fun to listen I, I to. I could listen to him talk You for are hours. unbalanced. I want him to be like, Laura is waking up. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to brush her teeth. <laughs> Just like being really dramatic. I love it. Uh, it's so fun. And w- when I say the performance of it, it's like that's also his character. It's such a performance. Yeah. With the golden robe and like him in the throne and this like red room with his like guys. He seems so like he's just lounging on this. His throne. like entourage of red <laughs> stormtroopers or yeah. whatever. Um, oh, the Praetorian guards. Is that what they're called? Whatever. Nailed it. Yeah. Um. And then. Ky- so then Kylo gets all upset because he was called out on his shit. Well, this oh. co- we didn't talk about this. what this conversation is where, like, he's like, I've given everything I have to you. Take that ridiculous thing off. This movie fully embraces the, like, I want to say they weren't problems for me, but what pe- other people's problems were with Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it fully, like, one of the first conversations is, like, Snoke being like, you were bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber before in her life. Yeah. You weak bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And people were genuinely like, raise a Mary Sue because she, like, defeated Kylo Ren. And I'm not sure if we talked about it, but, like, you know, he's injured. She's incredible. I was never once confused why no, she won that yeah. battle. But, like, if you were confused, you shouldn't be anymore because... Yeah, well, yeah, we they address ad- it, you know. They address it, and also they have the great line where he's like, "There's too much of your father in you," and he's like, "I killed Han Solo," and he's like, "The d- that decision tore you apart." Yeah, like it. It's good to see where he's at now. Is it like he's really into being evil now? Right, he's he killed says, his dad again. No, he he's says, not. You're unbalanced. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's very torn up. Now the stakes are so high because he has to be right. Because yeah. he's, he's devoted himself so much, right? That he can't consider this not being right. Yeah. But a bit of him knows, like, this is a next level than just me wearing a mask. This is me. I killed my father. Yeah. 
And to the fact that that does not mean that he gets the support of Snoke kind of destroys him. Yeah. And, like, him telling him to take off the mask, it's just, like, Kylo... That's kind of the start of Kylo's, like, let the past die thing, where he's like, okay, I've got to literally destroy everything that I ever was, including this, who I thought I was going to be. Yeah, this whole, like, Darth Vader thing I wanted to be. Yeah, like, that's not me anymore. Yeah. And then he, like, destroys the mask. I love it. And then he's like prepare my ship and she <laughs> is then faced with having to potentially kill his mom well that doesn't happen yet doesn't it it cuts to luke and luke doesn't want to help her and it does the sequence of him walking around right the we island. see his daily routine <laughs> see his daily routine which includes the fabulous the one and only tint monster the tint milk <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like one of those things where Ryan Johnson's like gonna be like th- thought people were gonna be like but how did Luke survive on the island and he's like you want to know how he survived on this goddamn <laughs> island we're gonna find out yeah. today we see the cool thing where he like pole vaults across a cliff yeah. and then like uses the pole to like stab down a fish yeah. that he like carries on his back <laughs> They make Luke so grungy. Meanwhile, Ray is just following him, and he's just like, "You're wasting your time," <laughs> and she's just like, "What the? You're wasting your time. We gotta go. You're doing literally nothing." Yeah. Uh, she Do feels. Do you know what's she senses- funny about this? Because this is, I definitely remember watching like the director's documentary. They made a documentary about this movie. Oh yeah. And in it, they're just like, "We spent so much money <laughs> because we had to make." Because, like, Ryan Johnson was like, you know, it's got to be practical. Yeah. We've got to build this tit monster. <laughs> and I want it flown in on a helicopter. They fly it in on a helicopter. It's so ridiculous. And they only film on the actual island for, like, three days. And then a lot of the rest of it is set. Yeah. But one of the three days they decided to film on the island, <laughs> Brian Johnson was like, that's got to be the tit monster. We got to know that it was there. We got to bring him We got to believe. <laughs> I just, when I say I love this movie, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of this stuff that happens like this tit monster it just feels like this was his vision you know like i just i like the idea that ryan johnson was invested in this movie mm-hmm. and therefore i am you know yeah no sometimes I, that doesn't happen a, with directors where i'm like this was your vision and it failed miserably yeah like george lucas but <laughs> um, this felt like one of the moments where it was just like this is so silly but it feels like so clearly ryan johnson it was like his idea that he wanted to put on screen yeah Um, and it's interesting i i how people handle star wars as directors i think is really ryan johnson is very much about like this movie's a lot of the themes of it are about about like bring new into the old yeah like not forgetting about the past but learning from it and creating something new like there's a great moment in that documentary where he's talking to the costume designer about Rose. <laughs> and the costume designer's like, "All right, so based on the kind of outfit you're designing, we're going to have you're going to have to cast a tall woman." And he, Ryan Johnson is like, "No. I'm thinking of speci- on, I'm casting only short women as this role." <laughs> and it's just like, "You knew that he, there have not been short women in Star Wars." Yeah. And he wanted to put that on screen for the mm-hmm. first time. Is yeah. just like a body type that we haven't seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
we saw the tip monster. The next thing we talk about is Finn's like, but what about Ray? And Leia's like, don't worry. I have this tracking beam. A beam? He has a, a beacon. A beacon, a beacon, a beacon. A beacon. And this we see that Ray has one too. That confuses me the most out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Where it feels obvious to me, I guess. I guess not to Ryan Johnson. But when you are when you're setting stuff up in this movie, he mm-hmm. sets up that there is this device that people use to track each other from large distances. Yeah. And then we have the resistance, the Empire, the First Order, whatever, mm-hmm. that's tracking the resistance. Right, and it's it, a plot point that they can somehow now track them through light speed. Yeah. And they make a point of it. They it's say like, it a lot. It's like, but that's impossible. Well, they figured out how to do it. Yeah. It's a little bit of just like, well, they can. Well, they can. But they bring it up, they set it up with this line of like, we have them tied at the, by the end of a string, uh, is what... Huck says. Yeah. Um, and the, this, uh, the central conflict of this movie is that since they can track them through light speed, they can't jump ahead and escape. So they just have to, like, keep... St- they have to just keep moving at enough distance that they cannot be destroyed by the First Order. And this feels... And it's a pace, basically this slow-paced chase. Yeah. Where they're just trying to go as long as they can without losing all their fuel. Yeah. Because um, once they do that, then the first order can catch up and destroy them. Yeah, and I feel like this is one of the things which a bit annoys me about this movie, where it's like now you're just introducing something that the rest of the Star Wars movies now have to deal with, and it's not that interesting. What? Which is the idea that like now there's technology to track you through light speed. So now when I go through like the next movies, it's like, well, why didn't they just track them through light speed? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it feels silly because they don't well, really explain it. Well, when they said that, it. I initially thought in the theater that there must be like a spy or something. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. So when they introduced Holdo, I was like, this tracks, she's the spy. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like that's what should happen is there should be a spy that has the an, another beacon thing. Yeah. And that's Hux has the other beacon thing. Yeah. And they can just follow the That resistance. could even be a way to like add more tension where like Poe is convinced that it's Holdo and then it turns out it's just like some fucking guy on the ship. It also explains why Holdo is so withdrawn you're right that would give her more of a reason it explains like, more why she's not ex- telling poe the plan because so I, it's, I, I, I get I'm, it where it's like he's so reckless why would she, he is literally the I reason understand. why all this is happening yeah so why would she ever tell him he's like an idiot i understand is, her initial thing where she's like you're like a reckless flyboy, tr- a trigger happy flyboy. Yeah, I like that she says trigger happy. The first happy. couple scenes, I understand. Like it you... gets to the end of the movie where she's like, where he's like, "No, you are a traitor in front of everyone," and everyone's now doubting well, there, her. Well, there j- just should be a moment where you think, where she, you would think that she would like give an announcement to the whole ship what they're doing. Yeah. Like, you would think that moment would just come naturally at some point, even if they weren't, like, demanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a bit odd that, that like... she doesn't, especially, especially when there's no reason for her not to, you know? Yeah. So if she knew there was a spy... And I think spy, the moment for Poe would work better if he, like, heard that the plan was to escape, which he does, but he finds it out by himself. And then he's like, this is a bad plan, I'm still going to do the mutiny. Yeah. Like, he should figure it out and still be against it. And they kind of do it, but she doesn't tell him. 
And I feel like that could be a great point. I don't even think... I think he's just assuming that she doesn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. She does have a plan, and she literally asks him, like, you need to have faith. And she has the whole, like... There's the sun, and if you only have it... If when you, you only can... believe in it uh, when you can see it, then you'll never make it And he almost night. starts to believe her, but then he sees that they're leaving, and he's like, hell no. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he does... There, that is a great moment from Oscar. We're skipping around now, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is a great moment from Oscar Isaac, where he's like, okay, we're leaving, right? That's what you got? And he, like, knocks over a chair, and then... Yeah. Like, that freak out feels very, like, you kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. But also, you do get her the most in that point where you're, she's like, right, so this is exactly why I didn't tell you. <laughs> um, but I feel like they should make a point of that, and they don't, and that feels missing. It feels, like, missing at the end of this, where it's, like, she cared much more. About doing what was right than looking like a hero. Yeah. And realize, and I think there is... I like the criticism of Poe that he is kind of performative in a way yeah. that he doesn't even realize. But I like the idea. It's like she doesn't care if this dude hates her because at the end of the day, she's going to be the one with the plan. But she can't just tell everyone if there's a spy on the ship, right? Yeah. So if up to that moment, we still don't understand her plan. But then he's on the ship and he, he, she tells him like, she's like, yeah, we were always going to go to this planet. He's like, then why didn't I know? Cause there's a, cause how are they, hell are they tracking us, Poe? You yeah. fool. You fool. You dummy. You, this is why you're not in charge. <laughs> um, yeah. But instead it's, there's no explanation for how they track them. Yeah. And so this plot point just feels slightly undeveloped. And you can still have like it's, Rose and Poe and Finn thinking like, oh, we know how they could have done it. They probably did something to the like engine right. back there and you can that still can have, even still make sense it can still make sense why they think that's how they did it i mean i think that can but even that can still like that logic can still track even if it is because there's a spy like, yeah because they can get there and the big reveal where they open the door there isn't anything there and they realize they went all the way there for nothing that could be a moment that's their failure not not getting not being captured mm. being realizing i don't think I don't know if I want their plan to literally not be possible. Because I think that would maybe make it feel a little like, well, what was the point? Like, I think the point is that they are fighting for something they believe in. Well, yeah, they believe in it. But just, I think it would just further solidify Holdo's point at the end, where she's like, a stormtrooper and a who now are doing what? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Why would you put all your faith into, like, a mission which is, yeah, like, that's based a, on no logic whatsoever? That is where I most get Holdo, yeah. is when she says that. And that's what, that's what I mean, is, like, that plan they have, it's valid. Yeah. But then it feels like, no, that plan could have worked had they not had DJ around. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it wasn't because of DJ. Oh, that right. They got it's caught. not DJ's fault they got caught. How did they get caught? They just get caught. Oh. <laughs> I love Gwendolyn Christie. She plays Phasma underutilized because I love her in Game of Thrones. But yeah. um, she's such a delight. I do <laughs> I like love... what they give her in this one. Yeah. Interesting. There's a deleted scene, which is a different version of her end scene. Yeah, I think I like this one better. Really? I think I like the other one better. I like the rebel scum, and you can still do that. Well, I, that well they do it in both versions. Yeah, that's the bit that I love about that scene. Mm -hmm. I do... I guess let's explain what that scene is. Right. So, so we're talking about like the scene that in the movie is Poe defeating Phasma, mm -hmm. where they have this fight, the and they... she's like, you're a bug in the system. 
and he's like, come on, Chrome Dome, and they have this fight, and then she says, you are always scum, and he says, rebel scum, and that's, like, his arc. Yeah. Um, but originally, there was a scene where we have a bit more dialogue between the two of them, mm-hmm. where he's basically, like, you're the actual traitor. When you had a gun put to your head, you betrayed the First Order. Yeah, and doesn't she shoot all the stormtroopers who are listening? Yeah. Great. But I think that makes the moment about Phasma's betrayal instead of about Finn's growth. Like I think I th- it can be about both, is what I'm saying. I think it's just more interesting. It makes Phasma a bit more interesting. Sure. Because then we still get the, like, scum, rebel scum moment. And that's the bit that really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. That's, like, my favorite Finn moment out of this movie. I think it detracts from, like, it should be Finn fighting what Phasma means to him. But if that moment is him just calling her out on being a bad First Order person. <laughs> He's like, you're so bad at your job, Phasma. Yeah, the thing that he That's valid rejected. That's well. Like, that kind of... I feel like it loses a little bit of that punch. Um, anyway, we just jump to the third act. We Where can go are back. We? we... They talk about the tracking machine. We then go back to Ray. Have we met Rose yet? We no, haven't met Rose yet. we have yet. not met Rose yet. Um, we go to Ray and she hears the whisper tree. Whisper, whisper. The whisper, whisper. Her and Luke actually start talking. Right, this she... is a great scene from Mark Hamill. This is when I start to realize that like Mark Hamill's a great actor. He's I've great o- in this. He's one. been great in the original trilogy. We've always praised him. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's hammy as shit, but that's his, it's his, it's in his name. It's in his. Well, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. Um, but um, in this one, he really brings a complexity, and I love this scene where he's just like, "Why you?" Yeah, like... Why did the resistance choose you to come here? Yeah, like, and then, he's just so curious. And then she has this moment where... This very queer-coded moment where she's like, there's been something inside me my whole life that I've always felt, but now it's awake, and I don't know what to do with it. He's like, you need a teacher. I can't teach you. And then she's like, but why not? And he's I've seen like, your schedule, you're not busy. <laughs> I've seen your daily routine, you're not busy. That's pretty... That, that scene also has some good jokes where it's like, I'm from nowhere, no one's from nowhere. I'm from Jakku. Okay, that's pretty much nowhere. But then he calls her Ray from nowhere, which is very fun. That's I, like a cool like thing for her. Fuck Ray Skywalker, because Ray from nowhere is the only woman... I'm the only woman I'm here for. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They have that on, like, um, toys and stuff. It will either say Ray from Jakku mm-hmm. or it will say Ray from Nowhere. It's great. I love that. I love it. Yeah. This conversation, the Ray and Luke stuff I really love in this movie. This is where I'm That's where like, it feels like Ryan Johnson is having the most fun. Or he's just like, I can't believe they're letting me write this scene of just these two characters, like, talking and not doing any action. <laughs> this is similar to Empire Strikes Back, where it's... Both raises the stakes from the last movie to make it more drama-filled, you mm-hmm. know? The, both movies are very dramatic, mm-hmm. but both movies... It's a lot more personal. It's a lot of just talking. Luke has kind of become the Yoda character. Yeah. Where he's, like, isolated himself out of failure, um, which is why Yoda shows up at the end to teach him his lesson, because he went through the exact same thing. That's yeah. why it's Yoda. Um, I think <laughs> Ray has a line where it's like, if, oh, if, and he says uh, it's time for the Jedi to end. It's in this trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just got a 
get a cut to lay a slapping poe in the face. <laughs> which I love. I have, like, a saved video on my phone, which is just, like, a montage of Carrie Fisher slapping Oscar Isaac. Yeah. They have, like, 43 cuts of it. I don't know why they kept doing yeah. it. Like, they give Leia a good amount in this one. Yeah. Where it's, like, obviously... They the do mo- put her in a coma for a bit. Yeah. But they obviously, stuff to do. Like, obviously, this is Luke's movie. Because mm-hmm. originally the plan was it would be Han's movie, Luke's movie, Leia's movie. Mm-hmm. Was how the sequel trilogy was going to work. That's the only plan they ever had. Yeah. <laughs> was that... Which is a good plan. That's a valid way to yeah. split up your time. Where it was going to be, like, Harrison Ford is credited first for... Force Awakens. Mark Hamill is credited first for Last Jedi, and then it's st- it still is this way because it was like in some original contract they wrote. Carrie Fisher is first billed mm-hmm. for Rise of Skywalker, and she had filmed absolutely nothing for that movie. Yeah, which is just kind of wild. It's really sad. It's really sad. This movie is also because Carrie Fisher had just died. Mm-hmm. A lot of how. You watch this movie. We all knew this was Leia's last movie. Mm-hmm. So it felt like they had to have an ending to her character. So They so do many, weirdly kind of give it to her. They do give it to her. But there's so many scenes where I'm like, this is Leia's last scene. Yeah. I really thought that a lot of the scenes. I was like, this is the last time we'll see Carrie Fisher on screen. On multiple occasions, I yeah. thought that. But instead, she's off. given the final moment of the movie. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really incredible they got some of the scenes they did. Yeah. And while she was here. Yeah, and they didn't change anything because of it. Yeah. This is how it was written and originally edited. Mm-hmm. Um, but that scene with her and Luke, it's really beautiful they got to film that. Yeah, we'll talk about that once we yeah. get to it later. But um, um, We then get Kylo and his X-Wing. Right, this I is where he... I love this because it just shows that Kylo's a great pilot. Yeah. Like, he got something from his dad. <laughs> he's just, like, knocking people out. It's so good. He's spinning. He's shooting. I love it. Yeah. And then we do the, the Empire Strikes Back thing for the first time since that movie, which is when they, like, fade from his face to her, to Leia's face. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And I remember get... seeing that moment in the theater and being, like, very moved by it. This was a bit in the trailer that they showed was Kylo... Like, his hand resting on the trigger about to, like, shoot... Leia. Yeah. And, of course, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because the truth is that Kylo can't stand behind anything he actually believes. No. Yeah. But then... Which is his the ultimate two failure. Ships behind him uh fire yeah and there's an explosion and it's like a, this really great shot where like window behind leia breaks and just everyone's like pulled out yeah um and then we get a moment that people complain about why do the people let not like this uh it's just aesthetic people just really don't like the visual of leia like floating through space mm. and that's one of those things where i'm like I don't get it because I'm fine with it, but if it's, like, generally you just don't like the the force being used that way or you just don't like the visual of her in space, that's uh, that's you, you know? I'm never going to argue about that scene to someone, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's just people don't like the visual. They think it looks silly. Yeah. I think it is beautiful, <laughs> and I'm so happy that yeah. happened. Um, I got very choked up watching that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we then get Chewie about to eat a pork. I love it. Wow. How have we not met Rose yet? We're definitely, we've messed up somehow. We have not met Rose yet. Chewie eats a pork. The pork's a huge thing that happened with this movie. 
Oh, yeah. Like, merchandising. It was an event. It was an event. It yeah. was a phenomenon. I mean, they're this movie's Ewoks, except they're not part of the plot. They're not at all part of the plot. It's just fun to have them there. Yeah, I like them. They're they real had... cute. I like that the joke with them is that they keep on almost dying. <laughs> the joke is just that they, like, have no survival skills whatsoever. I remember when they did the they did the shot of, like, the Porg looking into the lightsaber and one of them almost turned on. I, like, practically screamed in the theater. <laughs> there's one just, like, they're messing around in the Millennium Falcon and Chewie's just like, ah, I hate this. <laughs> I hate and they're this. just, like, fucking chewing on wires and shit. <laughs> one of them makes a, a nest. <laughs> and they're ba- great. Baby Porgs are great. Baby Porgs are great. Uh, I'm pro-porg. I'm pro-porg. Okay, great. Like, I think, like, Oscar Isaac, in every interview he's in, he's like, I would eat a pork. I want to <laughs> eat one. I want to eat one so bad. It does look pretty fucking tasty when you see it cooking. <laughs> when you see it cooking? Yeah. That scene with Chewie is very fun. Yeah. Um, And again, I like how much the porgs are, like, literally puppets. Where, like, he screams at the porgs, and they fly away by just flapping their wings, and then it just kind of lifts up. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, we then get the scene with Luke and Archie, which is so cute. Oh, it's a very good scene. Yeah. Yeah. And this then feels he... very fan servicey. Oh, I love I, this moment, though. I love it so much. A, mo- a lot of the Leia stuff really got me, where, like... I, I mean, it is kind of a perfect moment where Luke's like, I wish I could explain to you, but I'm never coming back, and nothing's going to make me. And then it, and then R2 turns on the message from Leia in A New Hope. Yeah. And it plays the Leia theme... Genuine. I remember like cupping my my like mouth, like genuinely just shocked that they did that. Yeah. In the theater because I was I I don't know. It's such a big part it, it of Star like, Wars is that video and it's... it felt like such an obvious thing I had never thought that they could bring back. Yeah. But they did and they it was did. perfect. It's perfect. Ugh. This movie's... I love this movie. And that's when he decides to... And that's Not he, train Ray, but he decides he's gonna teach her. Yeah, he he says three lessons. Yeah. I, which I, I like I, that as kind of a framing device. I also like this because he, like, wakes her up in the middle of the night. And it's kind of a bit of a parallel to, like... When yeah, what ben, happens what, with Kylo What, what later. happened with Ben. Yeah. And it's just a fun shot of she like wakes up and luke's just there yeah and it's a bit similar to you know when ben wakes up and luke's there except yeah and then he like disappears into the shadows (laughs) like a fucking gremlin (laughs) okay surely now we're at rose no oh my god (laughs) no we meet holdo oh my god i feel like we talked so much about holdo already (laughs) we haven't talked about her outfit though oh it's a great outfit it's great she has purple hair and a purple dress and the dress is very sleek and it has a nice cut to it it's like all this is the first time you've seen someone with like bleached hair in a star wars movie yeah it's interesting i mean it's cool it's cool. This is when she gets really mean to Poe, which we've already talked about, but we were watching it and I was just like, y'all should make out. <laughs> like the tension they have. I'm just like, I'm into it. <laughs> Go for it. It's based only on the fact that they are two very attractive they people. They are two very attractive people. I mean, but the way she like looks at him, I'm like, Laura. <laughs> it's great. It, I... it feels like, remember when we watched, um, Minority Report, and then Tom, Tom Cruise meets that old lady in the cabin, and for some reason I was like, what if they kissed? And then they did. Oh my god. I was like, in my head watching this, I was like, what if they kissed them? <laughs> I, That's I, a whole different movie. I adore Laura Dern. I adore Laura Dern. 
Yeah, um, she's the only reason why I like Holdo, really. Yeah, because this character is like a, a trope of like the stern general who's like, back to your station, soldier. Yeah. Like, like get this man off my ship. Like that. That's kind of the. But I love role her. But it's just because of Laura Dern. Yeah, I the stuff that Ryan Johnson talks about that he wanted to do different with her was that like he kind of wanted to have this character who gives off a bit of a hippie vibe and <laughs> is like also overtly feminine but in a leadership position yeah i like, really just because that isn't something we've seen in star wars her role as like a woman in star wars i i like i think her performance brings a lot to it that isn't necessarily on the page yeah because we really don't know anything about Holdo, and that's my biggest problem with her. Yeah, it does feel, because we're going into the mystery of it all, yeah. it does lack when she dies at the end. I'm not like, oh, it's sad Holdo dies. I'm just like, wow, that was really fucking cool. I understand the role she plays in the yeah. story, but I she just, ultimately is there to serve a man's story. Yeah, what I mean is, kind of is that I like the idea i like that there's this woman in power and yeah. poe's arc is learning to listen and to respect <laughs> um yeah because he he while he doesn't listen to leia he does respect her yeah because she's his mom but also because she's princess leia from star wars yeah and it's it's fun to have a new character where it's like you have, like she has an obligation to prove herself to us yeah and it's like no she fucking doesn't yeah. She's in charge and there's a reason for right. it. Right, there's that moment where Poe's like, that's Admiral Holdo from, like, the Holdo of the whatever. The battle of what? Yeah. Like, she's and, responsible for that. And then he's that. just like, not what I pictured. Yeah. Because, again, it is like, I, I again, Ryan Johnson was like, I wanted to create an overtly feminine character in a position of power. Yeah. Because as much as we love Leia, like, she is very much like the, she has a bit of like a gun-toting badass leader thing going on. Yeah. Which is not Holdo, really. Mm-mm. She will pull out a gun when she needs yeah, to. Yeah, it's great. But like, that's not her, that's not her like, go-to yeah, and I I get it why people and that's what Leia appreciates about her. People really dislike her character, mm-hmm. and I think it's because people are confused why she doesn't say anything. And we've discussed this already. Yeah, where I get it for the first half of the movie, and by the end, I'm a bit agreeing with people where I'm like, she should probably speak up right about now. I'm still with her. It's just a weird beat. Yeah, to me, but um, I I understand what the mistake that Poe is making. I understand his failure because yeah. this movie is about failure. I just a lot of the criticize criticism for this movie was mm-hmm. against Holdo mm-hmm. and it was against Rose, and two yeah. new female characters they decided to introduce in this movie. And I'm not saying like if you disliked those characters, you're sexist or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, no, no I'm joking. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, I think it's very representative to us as a society that those were the characters that people really focused on when DJ exists. I'm like, that's a male character introduced. And yeah, that's the he's character. He's the weirdest I, character in this the movie. The weirdest fucking character. Where it's like, I don't really get why and he's And 100% here. of what's it. weird about it is the performance, which does not match at all with the, like what we're supposed to get from this character. Yeah, it's really weird. Especially because Ryan Johnson makes it very clear that I love it, the way Ryan Johnson decides to show women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I'm being completely sincere when I say that because it's something you don't get to see in Star Wars right. that much so far. Where it's like it's really hard for women to be in a position of power 
or to make their voices heard. Yeah. And that's why I love Yeah, and we get that so from much. both perspectives of, like, a woman who isn't being respected, respected despite the fact that she is an authority. And she has earned herself. And she is a superior. And a woman who has is, not had the opportunity yet, but it, and is a bit... And is now being spoken over during her chance yeah. to, like, where she There's is bringing something. There's the scene where... Rose and Finn have both collectively decided, made a plan together, and yeah. Finn's the one who keeps interrupting and saying, like, this is my plan. Yeah. And she has to in- actively insert herself into the conversation in order to do that. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful. I love seeing that. Yeah. This is also the best of Ray. I just, like, I love the this way... This is definitely Ray's best movie. This is Ray's best movie. I just... She just becomes this very real character and solidifies yeah. for me. She screams a lot. She's a mess. I love it. They have the moment where like we'll get to we'll discuss the full scene a bit more later where she's like exploring the force and like the dark side offers to show her who her parents are and she like goes to it without even questioning it. Yeah. Like and Luke says like you didn't even try and stop yourself. Yeah. And like that says a lot about Ray that like she will act impulsively to get what she wants. Yeah. Even if it isn't necessarily the right And we talked choice. about it last night. That doesn't make her selfish. It's just she is self-motivated. Yeah. Um, and I just really appreciate what Ryan Johnson, how he characterized female characters in this movie. Yeah. I think it goes overlooked. <clears throat> and I think it's very representative that the characters people hate most are Rose and Holdo. And if there's... a male character people don't like it's kylo and the reason why they don't like him is because he's over emotional <laughs> yeah you're right it just it feels very representative of our society yeah um it's a bit unfortunate where that's where i get kind of upset with star wars fans kelly marie tran left the internet because yeah. of the response towards her character and that's unacceptable i hated hayden christensen's performance i would never say it's okay for you to bully that man yeah no no it's inappropriate and it's rude, and I hate it. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Rose now? Are yeah. we, please tell me we're there. We're Are there. We Finn, there? Me, Finn meets Rose. Okay, Finn meets Rose. Finn uh, is trying to escape because he's like, I've got this thing that like Ray is going to if when she's Ray is coming back because he thinks she's coming ba- right back. Yeah. Because that's the plan. Yeah. Is for to, for Ray to come right back. Mm-hmm. He's like. She can't come back here because she will get killed. Yeah. Like, all of us are about to get killed. Yeah. So he's boarding an escape pod, and he walks past. He sees Rose Tico, who is crying, crying. holding the necklace of that uh, she shared with her sister. This is also nice because we get to see the consequences of Poe's actions. Oh my god, a bit yeah. More. Um, where it's like, yeah, Paige died and it was like a noble sacrifice for a cause she believed in. But, but if Poe had pulled out when Leia told him to... Rose would still have a sister. If he had listened to the, his superior... Yeah. He, and I would say it's kind of a missed opportunity that Rose and Poe don't talk at all in this movie. It's not needed. Yeah. Because both of them go through their own arcs and I appreciate it. Yeah, they kind of happen separately. Yeah. Um, but it, it would be interesting... Yeah. But it's fine. But hey, that's why we make sequels, right? <laughs> that's why we Current continue these characters. these characters more in the next movie. Yeah. Finn walks past Rose. He, like, sees her and is just like, okay, and just keeps walking. <laughs> and you then, see him in the background walking around. And then she is like, you're Finn, the Finn. And he's like, I'm the Finn. 
and she like fangirls out at him. It's so good. It, this is the scene which I I'm so confused why Ro- people don't like Rose because this I, scene's perfect. This is the most I've ever, maybe ever related to a Star Wars <laughs> character is when she's like, you know, I mostly work on the lower deck, so doing talking with resistance fighters really isn't my forte. Doing talking. Great job, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, breathe. And she goes... <gasps> and she forgets to breathe around him. It's so good. Yeah, and then he's like... He doesn't know what to say. And he's like, may the force be with you. And she's like, oh my god. It's just like, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so great. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah. But then, like... What I love about Rose is that she is so... Like, the reason she adores Finn when she meets him is because she's she idolized him. She respects him. She respects him as someone who left the Forced Order yeah. to join the Resistance. Because she believes so strongly in the That's Resistance. That's a story she can get behind. Because she has... She is someone who has directly... She comes... Her family has suffered at the hands of the First Order. Mm-hmm. That is part of her backstory. Yeah. That she's from, like, a poor family. And, like, her and her sister joining the Resistance were like was, like, a big thing for the two of them. And when they heard the story of Finn, that w- that was very impactful to them. Because yeah. they were like, change can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love Rose and I love her story. But then when she sees that he's trying to escape, like... She will hold her own. She, and... does, she doesn't let him slide because she idolizes yeah, him. Yeah, she's not just fangirling this whole movie. She's like... I be- you made me believe something. Not you made me believe, but I believed something. You supported that belief and now... I've, I you're turning your back on it. Yeah, you're a traitor. Yeah, she calls him a traitor, and she knocks him out. It's great. Which is funny because Finn's been called a traitor his whole life, and maybe this is the one time where it's actually justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she knocks him the fuck out, and it's great. <laughs> we get then some stuff, she, fun stuff with John Boyega, where he's like, "What did you hit me with? Like, <laughs> I can't feel my teeth. <laughs> I can't feel my teeth." Yeah, she's like rolling him down. <laughs> he's, she's like. There's basically, a, there's some good bits where he just wakes up and for some reason Rose is just carrying him around places. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, that happens more than once. <laughs> I will say, there's an article by um Robert Daniels about um John Boyega and his role in uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and how in many ways he is kind of, he represents Black resistance in the way that could have been represented in the Star Wars movies and isn't. Yeah. And, that, and he points out that like, it does kind of suck that in Last Jedi, Finn needs to be taught about oppression rather than like him becoming a rebel coming from his own frustrations. Mm-hmm. He needs to be taught that the First Order is bad, even though he already knows that. Mm-hmm. And we see hints of it in Force Awakens where he's like, he's like I chose not to fight for them. Uh, think... And then this movie kind of shifts it to like him being the ignorant one who needs to learn why the resistance is important. And I get how Ryan Johnson got to that arc, mm-hmm. but it does suck that he can't like build from his own experiences to want to rebel. Absolutely. And I think what Ryan Johnson's pulling off of is it in the last movie, Finn is motivated by his connection to Ray and yeah. Ray only. So he's just going off of that and being like, no, he has to learn that the... Re- he is very much about self-preservation. But then also he begins to care about Rey. Yeah. So then this movie is him caring about a bigger, uh, a cause bigger than himself. And then we see that at the end when he's willing to sacrifice himself for that cause. Yeah. And I think that you could still do that and make it more, 
like, I think there's a way where Finn could be like, the reason I'm running away to find my friend and get her safe is because I, I come from the First Order and I know what they do. I've experienced the trauma that they cause firsthand. Mm-hmm. And then Rose being like, but don't you get that, like, your existence proves that it can change? Yeah. And, like, that this is something worth fighting against beyond just saving yourself? We've talked about this. And this has always been a plot line I think many people have wanted. But also we talked about it as this is something they could have done in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. They could have also done it in this movie. Yeah. They also had the opportunity to do so. And it doesn't which quite... Is- that, do it. No, which is the idea that Finn would start a Stormtrooper Rebellion yeah. due to his story. And I'm fine with there being a space, The Last Jedi being a placeholder, because maybe he's not in the right headspace to actually start a revolution. Yeah. That's a big jump for him. So but if, it wouldn't if, be a big jump after Last Jedi. It wouldn't be a big jump. So if the, in Rise of Skywalker we got, especially now in this, like, during the Black Lives Matter movement, if there was... Which like it's worth noting was storm- still a thing in 2015. Yeah, and it's not new. I just yeah. mean like, it would be, it, it's- it would it would be powerful as then as well as now. But now looking at what's happening in the world right now and how people are responding, it would be powerful to see all these stormtroopers quit their job. Yeah. <laughs> um, to join. Finn in his rebellion. Yeah. In his riots <laughs> that he would start. Yeah. You know what I mean? So No, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And I think I wanted it out of either of these movies. It's just disappointing it never happened. I at think all this movie this is more personal, so I do kind of get why they didn't do it in this one. Mm-hmm. But I still do think there is more that they can that could be done with Finn as a rebel and as an activist Mm -hmm. and like finding his identity as that it just it really sucks that by the end of this trilogy we don't get that from Finn because this feels like I do believe that Ryan Johnson treats Finn as the character he was in Force Awakens and he Mm -hmm. does bring more to that character yeah um but but it feels like this is the beginning because now we've solidified that Rey is the main character Mm -hmm. she's the Luke and like um Finn is the like Leia I guess yeah I don't really know but like the equivalent is that really yeah the, the idea that he gets less screen time yeah when he is such a big part of the first movie yeah you know what I mean because and I, I think the unfortunate thing in his arc in this movie is that it does end up being a story about a black man being taught about oppression rather yeah. than experiencing it and, and fighting against it. It's also unfortunate that his storyline happens to be the one that everyone hates yeah. because he goes to Canto Bite. But it just sucks that this is the start to like the Rise of Skywalker where he's not a character at all anymore. And he's only there to serve a white protagonist. Yeah. And it's no fun at all because i love Finn so much from force awakens and he's not bad in this it just i do see the signs of him becoming less prevalent yeah and i think when i see like him in canto bite i don't really track his him from force awakens to him there like that doesn't necessarily feel like the obvious next step for him and because what, he does do the thing where he's very excited by all the rich people. He's having a grand old time. Yeah, that's what feels weird to me. Yeah. It is very funny where I like that he's just like, this is great. And then we just cut to Rose and she's like, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> she's very like, I am done with this. No, the dude. stuff that I love with the Cantabite stuff is when Rose is like, uh, there, there's never been a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And then it cuts and to like all these like rich these, people. These like posh rich aliens like drinking champagne. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> A canto bite as a location is very fun. Yeah, and, like, and I even like the like drunk alien putting like coins. Yeah, into played baby. by Mark Hamill. Is it really? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we could probably go back to the plot. We're talking about the plot. We're talking about canto bite. I just mean like in the chronological order. Are we not? <sighs> Live. We haven't even gotten to the first Force Bond yet. We didn't even talk about Maz. This This is one of the movies where... This movie's so thick. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. You know who else is thick? (laughs) (laughs) Color. Oh, I just want to say one quick thing about Maz. Like, Ryan Johnson has said it. He's like, this cast is so huge. I don't even know how to deal with all these characters. While also introducing the characters that I'm invested in talking about. Yeah, like, he talks about how, like, I couldn't really find a place for the Knights of Ryan in this movie. Yeah. Because... You can make them the Praetorian Guards, but he says it, and he's like, why would I, like, just kill off the A bunch of nameless characters that are supposed to have significance to one of the main characters. <laughs> that would be crazy that to do that. That would be crazy if we did that. Yeah. Um, this is one of the instances where obviously he didn't have time to insert Maz into the story. Yeah. So he just has like, she's still part there, I guess, as a, like a quick video. Yeah. And, and she, you also get that from like Phasma. She, has, and she like, looks more animated scene. than she's ever looked in either of the other two <laughs> movies. I will say I do think this the CGI in this movie can often be a problem in the way that it's not in The Force Awakens. I don't think it's a problem. I'm never that distracted by it. I'm distracted by it when it comes to the horses in Canto Bite. But those are practical. It's Parts practical are... when they're like in the, the, the like, the like, they're like shed or whatever. But mm-hmm. when they're like in a chase scene, that's all. Like CGI. when they're running, yeah. Right. Yeah, that all, that looks really messy to me. And there's a lot of stuff where it's just like. I don't get, I, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just yeah. want to compare it to Force Awakens visually. I think this movie, and I think why is because it's coming from a director with an indie background. <laughs> he he doesn't like he's just never done that before. Yeah, he's never had to do deal with this many computer generated elements before. Mm-hmm. Even in Looper, which like is a sci fi movie, but also is more of an action movie with like a sci fi backdrop where it has a lot of world building, but it's m- mostly like you can film it on a set. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this has, like, a lot of green screen. And I think this movie also relies... I guess we can talk about the look of this movie. Because it is a lot more experimental than Force Awakens. It's a whole... It's more experimental than any Star Wars movie. Yeah. It looks it, it, so different. It relies a lot more on natural lighting. Which, again, makes sense considering Ryan Johnson's indie background. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he probably just couldn't afford lights on his first movie. So now he's, like, used to use it working with natural light. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the things that look the best in this movie are Crate and um, The Island. Yeah, both beautiful. Both, it's, we get some beautiful shots. Yeah. Our mom came in, she started watching bits of it, and she was like, what's that red stuff? It's beautiful. She was having a good <laughs> time watching the Crate sequence. Yeah, I love the Crate sequence. Yeah. Um, that's the best look part, looking part of the movie to me. Yeah. But then there's some stuff where, like, they're on, like, the rebel ship, and it d- doesn't quite, the resistance ship, and it doesn't quite look... Maybe as poppy as Force Awakens does. Yeah, maybe. And, like, this, a lot of the st- stuff on Canto Bite. Like, the actual set and, like, the practical aliens all around are cool. 
But, like, when we get into the action stuff, it feels a little, like, it feels very, it kind of feels prequely mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you can see that they put CGI on top of this rather rather than, like, naturally integrating it in the way that J.J. Abrams know, knows how to because he's made uh, a Mission Impossible movie, two Star Trek movies, yeah. a monster movie. <laughs> like, he's he has a history of doing this, so naturally he is built to make a movie that can look good. And with these elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ryan Johnson uh, experiments more, but the movie is a bit more messy visually. Yeah. But I think it does end up with these real, some really gorgeous shots and some really some cool... Some incredible shots, which they some put really in the cool trailer as well. visual ideas that like we couldn't have gotten if Ryan Johnson wasn't being as experimental as he was. And when I say the natural lighting thing, that's why we get to the bit where we kind of have, like, this forced documentary. Like, this nature doc bit. I love when this movie just becomes a nature documentary. Yeah, and that's the reason it looks like that. Is because he's relying on, like, literally the natural elements around them to make that look good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We should talk about the force bonds. Um, Yes. This is something that feels obvious because we've already had Force Bonds in Star Wars. Yeah. Not to this level, but it feels like we've already done it. And it, we that talked thing... about it in the prequels where it's like you, Anakin and Padme like sense each other from across like the world or whatever. Yeah. It's so clear Ryan Johnson loves the prequels from these movies. <laughs> yeah. Like there are some shots he like copies, but he just makes it look no, better. No, there's like a shot of like Anakin followed by the stormtroopers in Revenge of the Sith that he straight up just grabs and uses with Kylo at the end of this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and it's very clear that he had a fun time watching the prequels. <laughs> um, so no, the he Force loves Bonds, those movies. I don't actually know if anyone complains about the Force Bonds, but I think people complain that Ryan Johnson starts to use the Force in new ways. Or just right. stuff in new ways. In I this think movie. they're like, wait, you can't just make stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you think Star Wars is? Someone yeah. just made some shit up. Yeah. And this um, one, it feels realistic to what we've already had. Yeah. It's also just really effective filmmaking where it's like doing like very simple like shot reverse shot, but it's across the galaxy. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I know it, they had, like, you know, Adam Driver was on the island when they filmed those scenes, Yeah, you know? he was, like, on set. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's really, oh, oh my god. It's just, I remember being in that theater and just being, like, this is just, like, incredible, like, this is a visual effect in a way that you don't realize as a visual effect. Where it's just using the language of filmmaking to trick you into thinking that these two people are having a conversation with each other. Yeah. And you buy it, and it works so well. It's this is where it, the movie gets like really exciting when yeah. you're watching it because it's like, what is happening? Yeah, um, and also the it implies a bond between Ray and Kylo that is more interesting than just like the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah, it's like they're gonna talk to each other. They're and gonna have, have, have conversations. And the way that Luke and Vader didn't unless they were in front of each other. And they totally had like. They knew each other when where each other were all the time, but then you never got to talk. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and so this movie suddenly has a chance to, like... This is a... Again, this is a very talky movie mm-hmm. where Kylo and Rey kind of get to talk about each other's perspectives. <laughs> we get Kylo sliding around the hallway because they're, like, trying <laughs> to find each right, other. She, like, shoots at him and he's like, ugh! <laughs> but it, like, obviously doesn't affect him. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's like them trying to locate where each other are, and then they do again. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then um, they have the like. Can you see my surroundings? 
I can't see yours. Just, just you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then, and then t- uh, Luke shows up and he's like, what's that about? And it's all like muffled and Kylo's like, Luke. Yeah. And then the bond breaks and then we see that he's talking about the... I remember... Um, it's just weird, but whenever... The very first time I watched this movie, in times after that, whenever he said, you're not doing this, the effort would kill you, mm-hmm. I always thought he said, you're wondering if he ever would kill you, referring to Luke, oh. which always confused me, but worked with the movie, so I was like, oh, because like he's one because luke almost killed him yeah which ends up working with the plot but i was always really confused yeah (laughs) no but instead it's like setting up the fact that like this takes a lot of energy to make happen yeah so then luke dying at the end makes sense yeah and we get the um oh what are they called the little like the guardians of the island or whatever apparently they're like (laughs) this is like weird stuff that i'm sure ryan johnson just makes up which is like they're like an evolution of the porgs really (laughs) you know like evolution happened but they came from like the same family tree interesting but (laughs) they're supposed to be like they've been here forever like keep uh preserving preserving like the jedi like shit mm-hmm. um we then get our first lesson yeah they talk they you get the like yeah, symbol where, of like the yin yang which they use a lot in this movie yeah which is cool because then it's like literally kylo and ray being the light in the dark she's wearing gray in this movie it's not subtle yeah. <laughs> i love it yeah he puts her hand on the stones and he's like reach out right well they do the joke that i love which just feels like a very yoda joke which it is does. just the like reach out and then she just like <laughs> physically puts her hand out and she looks just like fucking <laughs> and then like that's a great mark hamill just like face he makes yeah and then he's like he takes his leaf and he like starts playing with her hand and she's like oh, i feel something <laughs> then we got our nature documentary yeah and this is basically ryan johnson being like here's my take on what the force is this is my favorite because like the there's force. that great line where like uh, Luke's like, what do you think the Force is? And she, he's like, it's a power Jedi have to make people do things and move rocks. And he's like, amazing. Every word you just said was wrong. Yeah. And he's like, okay, it's easier to feel it than to, like, explain and it. And I like, he has that line, he's like, to say that the Jedi, like, use a, it is vanity. To you know? say that if the Jedi died, the light dies is vanity. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this does not belong to the Jedi, this belongs to everyone. Yeah. And just the... That's... But yeah, that's the great bit where, like, after she does her whole thing, she's like... He's like, and this is the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That's lesson one. And that's that tracks with, like, how he uses the force between Rey and Kylo, because that's balance between these two. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, darkness rises and light to meet it. It's very... It's very oh, cool. Yeah. This movie's very cool. Force spot number two. It's raining. Ray gets to play with the rain. Very cute. It's my favorite thing in this movie, yeah. maybe. It's, it's, it's also, so cute. It's fun because, again, Ray wasn't planning to stay here. Yeah. But now she kind of gets, like, you. She, she is getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. We then get... <laughs> she calls him a murderous snake. <laughs> yeah. we. This isn't Naked Bren yet. We're not there yet. Um, this Unfortunately, is... no. <laughs> this is, um... Uh, you're a monster. And he's like, you have that look from the forest. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's also fun because we get to see 
how he was influenced by that scene. Mm. Where, like, she really views him as a monster and he's like, good. Yeah. Yes, I am. Because, again, Kylo just wants to, like, he wants to feel like he is something specific. He wants to know who he is. Yeah, and he He doesn't. He wants to feel... This is very important. He wants to know his place in the story. So if she thinks he's a monster, then that puts him where he thinks he should be. Yeah. And that makes Rey interested. This is when she starts to being like, oh, there's something more about this dude. Because he knows what he's doing is bad. Yeah. It's not like he's confused, like he believes he's doing the right thing. It's like, he knows what he's doing is bad. He just doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, he does obviously deep down. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, she's like, there's something that can... There is room for change here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we then get Canto Bite. We've already discussed Canto Bite a bit. Yeah. Um, we get the horses. We get Rose talking about her past. Yeah, which that part I like. We get um, the code breaker. This is when it gets yeah. to There feel... is a good bit that Holdo has earlier when she they introduce her with her opening speech where she says, like, our symbol is a is a spark of hope for the oppressed and downtrodden throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um and our, we could, and so the resistance is the spark of hope that will restore the Republic, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And they bring that back later very nicely. Yeah. But then that, like, works its way into... Like, Rose and uh, Finn were not even there for that scene. But, like, that works its way into when they meet these kids. And um, the kid is about to, like, call for whatever. And Rose is like, wait. And she, like, uses her ring and shows that they're from the resistance. Yeah. And these kids who we've seen are being like abused. They're like I like this kid actor. I like it when he goes a whoop. Yeah. He gets really excited. It's cute. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, he's inspired by them being from the resistance and makes them these kids believe that they can fight back yeah. because they do. They release the horses. It's cute. Yeah. And then we get a way too long action scene. <laughs> That doesn't look very good. Uh, I think this is where it gets the Canto bite becomes a problem because all this stuff. Oh, also happening, we meet DJ. We skip that. Yeah, but this is what I'm talking about. Where it's like, by the time they're meeting DJ, which isn't the right code breaker they wanted, they haven't right, even they're, gotten to. They're trying to find Justin Thoreau. The first order yet. The point being, the point of the movie is that this mission is not. There's so many failures within this mission. It's failure after failure after failure, but they're mm-hmm. still scrapping by. Yeah. That's the point. But yeah. then it does become a problem with the pacing of this movie, where it's like. It feels like we should already be somewhere already. Yeah. And in talk, we talked about it a bit last night where it's like there is a more efficient way to do this plot line, I feel. Yeah. Which isn't going all the way to Canto Bite to get a person to get a person who will do a thing. That being said, I do get the idea behind Canto Bite, but I do think it feels like it's in a different movie than the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, we said it. I, I think I said it last night where it's like it feels like a filler episode of a TV show. Yeah. Which would be the Rose Tico show. <laughs> But it like thematically it fits very well. It does fit to the theme of this movie and I think at the end it pays off. Yeah. It just feels like due to this movie being very long, there is a way to make this more effective. Yeah. As, there's like a lot of stuff with them being like put in jail that like feels like we're kind of dragging it out a bit too yeah. long. And then meeting DJ is like this character's so weird. He's so weird. Like they again they talk in the documentary Ryan Johnson's talking about this guy and he's like what I want Benicio del Toro to evoke is uh, Han Solo, where like he's a scoundrel and you're expecting him to have a heart of gold. But then you cast Benicio del Toro, and he talks about this in the commentary where he was like, 
I knew that casting Benicio del Toro is inherently a wild card where he's just going to do whatever he wants, where he gives the character both a lisp and a stutter. Mm-hmm. He has a very odd physicality. He also is just tired. He looks very he looks tired. super tired. Like, I do not get Han Solo even a little bit from this character. I and do if like... I, if I did, I would maybe understand him a little bit more. Yeah. Where I would kind of get him, his, his kind of like, yeah, I'm in it for me and myself, which is his perspective. I don't see it that well because I'm so distracted by the amount of Benicio Del Toro that I'm getting from him. Yeah. And I'm like, why does he look so smelly? Like... <laughs> yeah, it feels just bad casting, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I will I do... say stuff I do like is I like when he says stuff like, let me learn you something big. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when he says stuff like that. And I, I do, some of the scenes I do enjoy with him is when he's like, you need to give me something, like a down payment. Yeah. And she gives him the necklace and then he like fixes it and he gives it to her. Right. And that's supposed to be a, be us thinking like, oh, he was a good guy after all. But like, actually... He's just like, no, I just did, did need that. I just need it, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, I, I do like his role as, like, the annoying centrist <laughs> who is just like, eh, Nazis, Antifa, all the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Finn's like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Um, and he does, like, make this point that, like, Canto Bite is full of people that, like, are profiting off of war. Mm-hmm. And, like, there could be something there about, like, the First Order literally rising out of, like, an economical, like, desire for there to be that. Mm-hmm. For, like, all these people who sell weapons essentially starting up a war again just because they feel like it needs to exist. Or That's also... um, making the galaxy great again, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, do you know why he's called DJ? Uh, no. Uh, because his thing is don't join. Oh. Yeah, that's his, like, motto that he says in the movie. He does say it. Yeah. He's like, live free, don't join. Yeah. Um, and then, like, and of then course... And then the point of that line, which I actually like, is that that's kind of what Finn's doing. He doesn't want to join the Resistance. Yeah. That his perspective is only to help Finn realize what he's not. He isn't this guy. Yeah. And I think that is... I, I do love the moment where DJ's like, it's all just business, and... Finn's like, you're wrong. And he's like, maybe. And then <laughs> I he, like that. Yeah, that's like a fun exit for him. Because yeah. again, he's just the like, I don't really care. I'm just <laughs> I don't it know, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I get the idea of DJ. And I think the stuff with him works better than like the stuff with like the horse race. <laughs> and like them being like, now it's worth it. Oh like, my it God, feels... that line. Ugh. Like that's the only time where I'm like, if you dislike like rose because she led to this plot line where finn said that whatever yeah (laughs) because i don't like that line i i do understand the point of like the fact that like even though that they did fail at their mission they did do something good Mm -hmm. i do understand that but i think it it takes away time it takes it takes so much that's so cheesy yeah and feels like it's hitting you way too hard with something you, like... Is not... It's like, we get it. Animal cruelty is not the main theme of this movie, so... Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's about more than just animal cruelty. It's about, like, the people who, like, live off of 
the yeah, like I get the one percent. She like, says like I want to punch a hole through the whole town, and then she does. Yeah, that's I I get that. I get it too. I just mean this movie is hella long, and this fight, this chase sequence isn't that entertaining. No, it's not really fun. <laughs> but you know what's actually funny is we went through the deleted scenes. And um, there's more. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the cut down version. We should be lucky that this is all we got. Because yeah. we could have had ten more minutes of it. Um, lesson two is about him, the myths of the Jedi and Luke's legacy that he built. Right. And then this is also the time that we see Luke... Explain his version of the Kylo Ren story. Yeah. We get this, like, great... This is maybe Mark Hamill's best performance moment for me. Is when he's like, I failed... Because I was Luke Skywalker. Yeah. A legend. Yeah, and, and Ray's like, you didn't fail Kylo, Kylo failed you. Um, yeah. Something she'll change her perspective on later. Very radically. Yeah. Um, Interesting scene. It'll be developed further later. So let's keep going. There's four spawn three shirtless Kylo. Yeah, here we go. Yes, yeah. this is absolute like Raylo fan fiction brought to life <laughs> it's so good <laughs> yeah just the like I love that they're talking before she lo- turns and looks at him and then is like she stops what she's saying to be like can you, can, can you put on a cowl or something please. and then he just like doesn't respond just doesn't which is very fun. Iconic. I love it. This is where she's like, why did you do it? Why did you kill your father? I love this conversation. It's so good. Yeah. He's uh, like, I didn't hate my father. Yeah. Which is so interesting. It's so interesting that he then decided to kill him. It's so, it's so fun that he doesn't hate his father, but he killed him anyway. Yeah. We get his side of the story. Right. This is where we reveal that, like, Luke tried to kill him. Yeah, is what how he sees it. And then he says the kill the past. Let let the past die. Kill Kill it if you have to. And that's yeah. So that's explaining why he killed Han was because he thinks you need to destroy everything you were Mm -hmm. to become who you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um. Um, So and Ryan Johnson talks about like a lot. In interviews and stuff where he's like, the thing I kind of wanted to say through this movie is that if you ever think that whenever you're at a point in your life where you think you've, like, moved on from the past completely, you're kidding yourself. Like, it's always going to come back and affect you, and that doesn't mean you can't learn from it and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So but it's weird it, that people think that this movie's insulting Star Wars or is cynical and... Is trying to say, let's forget the past, because that's... A- the exact opposite of what it's trying to say. Yeah. We get then this, like, she goes to, like, the dark side cave thing. Oh, I love this scene. <laughs> I also do like the idea of just, like, because of Luke's presence on this island, there is just, like, a hole of the dark side <laughs> at the bottom of it. Yeah. I like that, like, manifest into, like, an actual thing. Like a physical thing. She, like, yeah. touches, like, a thing, and then there's, like, a bajillion Yeah, there's, like, her. this mirror, and when she touches it, she's on the other side of the mirror, and she looks back, and there's just, like, this line of her. Yeah, and she does the snap thing. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, we have the... It's, like... Surrealist, but very expressionistic. Yeah. Where we have, like... It is a a visual metaphor for her, like, trying to find out who she is. Yeah. She, like, does the thing where she, like, snaps, and it, like, follows her, and it's just, like, snap, 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 snap. 
<laughs> snap sounds just sound like snap. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Um, and then we, she like, and then she's like, I should have been scared. Yeah, she starts We start narrating. hearing a voiceover, and it's so funny. And I, it it's was, not funny. It's just like wild that this is happening in a Star Wars movie. Like, yeah, voiceovers? I remember being in the theater and being like, Are we just doing straight up narration? Of course, we find out she's talking to Ben. Yeah, but like, but just such like a reveal. But when it's yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, um and but she's like, I should have been terrified. I should have felt trapped, but I didn't because I knew there was an end to it. And she goes to the end to it, and then she, like, touches out. Um, and and then she's the, like, show me my parents. The figures, like, become one, and then it's her. I remember watching that and being like, I can't believe she's Jesus as well. Plot <laughs> <laughs> twist, you want to know who her parents are? She doesn't have any. No, but the point of the scene. <laughs> the point of the scene is, is that, that she, she based herself, and that's all the parents she got. Yeah, that, like... She's keeps on like searching for who she is, looking for these father figures in Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, uh, like Ben says. And at the end of this line of herself, self, all that is still there is just herself. Yeah. She needs to figure out who she is, and not define herself by her yeah. pat a past she can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So then we get the reveal that she's talking to him amazing yeah um and she's like i felt so alone and he goes you're not alone <laughs> yeah it's incredible and she's like neither are you <laughs> and he's very moved by that you because just... he's like let me take on my glove girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, what is it ryan i i think ryan johnson was like this is the closest thing you're ever gonna get to a sex scene in star wars <laughs> is them like just barely touching fingers. Which is insane, because Anakin and Padme actually have sex. <laughs> yeah. But, um, the point being is, um, that scene's insane, and they touch hands, and we're like, oh my god. Yeah, and, and then... Luke cock blocks Luke, them. Luke runs in, and he, it's, like, such a cool moment when he, like, physically sees Ben there. He sees him. Yeah. And then, like, they both turn and look at him, and the whole, like... The whole building just falls apart behind him. Yeah. It's a really cool effect. It's practical. This is always where it gets really and fun then we, because... And then we pull back. It's all in one shot. It, the, yeah, we go forward to we go fo- back. We go back for, like, the wall being thrown down, and then we pull back, and Ben's not there anymore. Yeah. This is always where it gets really exciting for me because we don't see Ben's perspective throughout all of this. Yeah. Which really becomes, like, he must think Luke's gonna kill him. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, from his perspective, Luke tried to kill him. And now, like, they're going to team up, lol. That's what he thinks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, and then we get him, like, and she just shows up at his, like, house. And he's like, what are you doing here? I have to (laughs) arrest you now. Yeah. But anyway, she has this fight scene with Luke where she's like, is it true? Did you try to murder him? And then he's, like, not responding. So she just fucking hits him with a stick. And it's like, talk to me. <laughs> it's great. They have this um, great fight. Yeah, they have a bit of a fight. And then she uses the for- force to grab his lightsaber and turns it on. And that's when he, like, falls backwards. But doesn't touch the ground because he uses the force to yeah. catch himself. And that's the first time. No. No. The, him-, him talking to Leia is the first time he uses the force. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because there's that great moment when, like, we're doing the Wraith, like, feeling the Force thing, where she's like, I didn't see you. I looked, I saw everything, everything on the island, the dark and the light, and I didn't see you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's turned himself off to it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, anyway, 
we get the true narrated story of what happened to that night. Yeah, which um, is that he had sensed the darkness rising in him. People get really upset where they're like, Luke would never yeah. almost kill his nephew. Of course, he, but he doesn't kill him. He, he that's does, the important bit, is yeah. that he doesn't. Yeah. But it's like the thing, and I think Mark Hamill has said this, like... It's like if you saw baby Hitler. Yeah. He, like, hears the suffering which Ben will cause and does because he kills all those children on... He he sees that potential. Yeah. And, like, for a second he thinks he can stop it and he turns on the lightsaber and then he realizes that, like, the intention that he just felt is actually what's going to cause all those things. Yeah. Because that maybe wouldn't have happened. If Luke hadn't thought, I can end this right I now. I think the idea is that it really makes you sympathize with Ben. Yeah. Because whatever they say, it like Snoke has, was manipulating, had already contaminated his mind or whatever. Right. If you're like a kid and Snoke is in your head. Yeah. And the only per- and you think your parents have abandoned you. Yeah. Because abandoned Leia- you with your weird uncle. <laughs> with your weird uncle. Who now tr- is trying to murder you. You're the one person you have left is your uncle and he tries to kill you. Yeah, you would go to the dark side, especially when he's like, your real family's Darth Vader, okay, buddy? Yeah, and so you can be the next Darth and Vader. Start, start killing some kids, and he's like, you got it, man. Yeah, and he does what Anakin does. He yeah, straight he, up does, like, he kills the younglings. Like, yeah. he, like, kills all of Luke's students who don't join him. Yeah. It's... Really dark. It's really dark, but you understand him more than I understand Anakin Skywalker's turn <laughs> to the dark side. Yeah, it's, I buy it. It's so well done. And then, like, there's that great line where Luke is like, and as I reflected on my failure, I saw the eyes of a boy who was scared. Yeah. Who had been failed by his master. And that's when, like, he defends himself. Yeah. So then Ray leaves. As one would. Well, there's the perf- the moment that I love where, like, she's like, you don't you see, you failed him by, by thinking, thinking his choice was made. Yeah. It wasn't. And then Luke's like, this isn't, this isn't going to go the way you think. And then she pulls out his lightsaber and offers it to him one more time. And he doesn't take it. And then she leaves. Yeah. It's like a really good moment where it's like, here's your chance for redemption. I'm believing in you right now. You can change. And he, and he does doesn't that. take it. But, like... Luke then decides the next reasonable step is to burn down a tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Yoda shows yeah. up. Well, Biggest audience reaction by... F- nope. Actually, maybe not. Yeah, we also skipped a moment, but that's... No, we didn't. Yeah, we skipped the moment where we're raised with Chewie. And she's, like... We have not gotten there yet. Okay, fine. Jesus. I wrote this in order. Fight me. (laughs) Fine. Okay. The next scene is Yoda. Yeah. Luke just sets to burn down a tree. He then runs into his old pal, Yoda. This is an incredible scene. It's beautiful. It feels like it deserves an Oscar. I don't even know. No, it's a kind of a perfect scene. So, apparently, Frank Oz, like... They brought him back to do the puppeteering for Yoda. Frank Oz has retired as a puppeteer, but he came back for this. Nice. Um... And they, like, used the original, like, model of the Yoda puppet from Empire Strikes Back. They, yeah. like, found the mold or whatever and remade it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, apparently Frank Oz, like, kind of low-key helped direct the scene. Because originally it was just going to be, like, Luke is walking up the hill and then he turns around and Yoda's there. But Frank Oz was like, 
no, you should, like, have the camera, like, follow Luke, and then fo- and then we see, like, Yoda's silhouette. Yeah. Like, with just, like, the pointy ears, and we immediately know it's him. Yeah. In the one shot. And then we see the turnaround, and he's, like, young Skywalker. He's so much fun in this scene. It's the most... Because it's, it's Yoda from Empire It's back. Yoda from Empire, and he's so funny. And it's not a our military... Our mom laughed a lot while she was... <laughs> yeah, she came in, and when Yoda fucking bonks him on the head, she <laughs> Starts laughing. Yeah, because it's really funny. It's really good. And we get that beautiful conversation they have about, like the true about failure and it's the moral of this whole story right and it's important that yoda's doing it because he's experienced this himself he's the he failed and put went into isolation in the same way that luke did and now he's teaching him yeah because luke can be better than yoda was Mm -hmm. because and in the same way that ray can be better than luke was that is the burden of a master we are what they grow beyond. We are what they grow beyond. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed it. First try. Yeah. Um, the point is, is that scene's great. I think, like, when people say, like, what's your favorite scene in this movie? The options are. <laughs> <laughs> then Ray Also, Yoda, to... Yoda burns down the tree, supposedly with the books in it. Yeah. Um, which, him doing that is a bit like, can a ghost just lightning. summon lightning? <laughs> That feels a little bit like giving the Force ghosts a bit too much power. Yeah. I understand that it's like the, like, if you strike me down, I will become stronger than you ever imagined. But, like... Is that what it is? I think that's what it's supposed to I be. I thought it was just use and lightning. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like these ghosts, like, did you even die? I don't think so. Yeah, it feels You can a bit, just do whatever you want. It's a bit much where it's like, I thought you'd just, like, show up and give some wisdom sometimes <laughs> and, like, guide these people to where they need to go. Which is what Yoda does, but he also physically burns down a fucking tree. <laughs> um, it's great. Um, yeah. And, he, and Luke's like, the sacred text! <laughs> which was a very good meme going around and we should bring it back. Bring it back. Um... um then we get Ray puts herself into a box and ships herself to Ben. We then get the scene where she's like, Chewie, yeah. can you tell Finn something for me? And then it's like, ar, 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 ar. and she's like, yeah, tell him that. Perfect. Say that. Say that. Very cute. And it's just and like she, a... And she's like, mind me while I get into this fucking space coffin and shoot myself into... <laughs> I wish I had the confidence to just like shoot myself at my crush and just be like, here I am. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do like that the moment she gets there he's like right there yeah that's and his, fun his hair is literally curled like he like the last scene it wasn't curled and now it is like i like the idea that he like curled his hair before his girlfriend shows up yeah this is just me like i mean it's nice to prepare for a date before. yeah she has some mascara on we love, yeah <laughs> we love to see i mean he definitely has some mascara on oh for sure it's a shame that kylo never was given access to eyeliner because god oh my god no guys. i think he wears eyeliner in force awakens does he i think in the la- the snow scene i'm pretty sure he's wearing eyeliner yeah not as much as i would like to see mm-hmm. i would like full a big a big line they this is also when poe and rose have finally finn and poe jesus finn and rose <laughs> laurel <laughs> have finally snuck in to the first order and they put a box over bb-8 which is fun they just put a fucking trash can on bb-8 and it's like here's your disguise it's great this is also when we have them walking and it goes from them walking to the elevator where ray is yeah that's nice that's nice it also gives the i thought that was later i thought that's after they get caught 
No. Oh. That's just them walking. Um, because, um, yeah, they haven't been caught yet. Anyway, the point is, I kind of like that, because this feels like... I do like the idea This feels like, like Ryan Johnson respecting JJ's setup for Finn and Ray's romance. My point... Th- my. I'm giving Laurel a look of, <laughs> of confusion. My point being is it feels very, like, this whole movie, they're like... It feels like one of those moments where it's like they almost meet. And they're, like, in the same place. Like, it's like, if y'all could just see each other, it would be great. Yeah. And because but, they're friends. Yeah. I, I don't think that's specific. He's respecting that relationship that was built. But yeah. I don't think it's I don't think romance. it's romance. I think you can interpret it. Like, their hug it, at the end is not romantic. But you can interpret it if you want to. Sure. I think I interpret their relationship as a friendship. I think Ryan Johnson is very clear in this movie at the end where he's like, any relationship, if you want it, you can have it. Ryan... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to confirm nothing, but also still put a kiss in there somehow. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. That's the worst. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go back. Let's go back. We get the elevator scene, which is a lot. Yeah. This is the scene where it's like, they're gonna kiss. (laughs) (laughs) They are staring at each other's lips. Yeah. They're like, when we touched hands. (laughs) (laughs) They love to say the expression touched hands. They keep saying it. The things that Ray and Ben like to talk about most, number one... Touching hands. Touching hands. Number two, their parents. Yeah. Like, they have two conversation starters. (laughs) (laughs) I once touched hands with this person. Icebreakers for their first date. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember when we touched hands? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "I know that you will turn." I saw it. He's like, "I saw you will turn with me." You because I saw your who your parents are. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Like ooh, but now we're going into the room. We can't get into that yet. <laughs> yeah. Poe starts a mutiny. We didn't really talk much about the mutiny. Whatever he does. It. He starts a mutiny. Three PO's like. I don't like that you're starting a mutiny. And he's like, 3PO, get back here. And he's like, no, I'm going to go. And he's like, get back here, 3PO. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going. That's when Leia comes in and just shoots Poe. <laughs> yeah. Pretty fun. Very fun. Um, then this is a scene where this is why this movie passes the Bechdel test. Does it? What are you talking about? Oh, the Leia and Holdo. Holdo. It was like, what? Who, oh. Snoke? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because uh, they talk about, like, people dying and stuff. Right. She's like, I'm going to stay behind. She has that line where she's like, I like him. He's a troublemaker. Yeah, they should still kiss. <laughs> oh my god, Laurel. <laughs> they should still kiss. You really do ship everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny but it is because anyone could kiss and i'd be like i'm invested yeah um, and yet and yet still and yet somehow the two kisses that exist in this trilogy i dislike three kisses there are two in rise of skywalker if no you'll way. remember uh-uh. yeah. the second one is not between two major characters do you remember laurel just put her head into a pillow that doesn't count, Liv. It's a kiss. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I hate all the kisses inside this whole entire trilogy. Yeah. Which is a shame because I ship every single character. Yeah. <laughs> I ship everyone. I don't know how this happens. Yeah. But I ship everyone, yet still, mm-hmm. I can't be happy. May the force be with you. Oh. 
You go. I've said it enough times. It's so weird how this movie seems to work a lot with Carrie Fisher kind of passing on the torch to a lot of characters. Yeah. Mainly to Poe, but even that line is like, I've said it enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I do like the moment where she's just like, too many losses. Like, she feels so tired that she keeps on having to fight this war. Mm-hmm. This star war. This star war that she's in. Yeah. I will um, say this, this, this does seem, this is a scene does hinge a lot on the relationship between Leia and Holdo, which we've never, never seen, seen before. And again, we don't really know much about Holdo outside of her relationship to Finn. So it's a po. little, uh, outside of her relationship to Poe. So it's a little weird. It is a bit weird. But, uh, whatever. We then come back to the Snoke room. Uh, where yeah. he's like explaining, he's like, I bridged to your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you think you saw a weakness in my apprentice? Young fool. <laughs> he's so full <laughs> he's of himself. He's having so much fun. Yeah. And we get the like, you will give me everything. And she's like, no. And he's like, yes. And he like picks her up with the force and like throws her. It's so weird because whenever I see it, I just assume they're going to go on forever. And she's going to be like, no. And he's like, yes. yes. <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> I, I love it whenever they cut back to Adam Driver in this scene. Yeah. Because he's kind of just letting him have it. But he's like trying to figure out how he wants to react. Yeah. Then DJ sells out the resistance. The right, plan is finally this. explained. We talked about it. She fucking bites hucks. Rose bites hucks. <laughs> What's the scene where, like, um, like, she reaches for her lightsaber, and then, like, it just goes back around and hits her on Right, the that's the part where Snoke seems so bored, where he's like, C- come on. <laughs> you, you silly fool. Yeah. I'm so much stronger than you. Yeah, and he's just like, I didn't expect Skywalker to be so wise. We will give him and the Jedi Order the death he desires. Yeah. Is Snoke gay? Snoke (laughs) is a bit gay. I'm doing his voice and I'm like, hold on. Hold on a damn second. (laughs) With the gold bathrobe. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I see it. Maybe there's a little little flamboyant. (laughs) Yeah. He then like has like, we're talking about flamboyancy. He has a whole ass microscope or a telescope in his. Like, oh yeah, he just has like a magnifying glass. Oh, there Because he does the uh, Return of the Jedi thing. It's like watch where, your friends die. Yeah, um, because DJ portrays them. So uh, even though that the Resistance is escaping, they're getting shot down anyway. Kylo kills Snoke. Yeah, he's like I. He Snoke has this thing where he's like. I cannot be betrayed. I see his every intention, but only the specific things that aren't going to let me know. They're like really vague. The very specific detail of he's turning a lightsaber, but the very vague detail of his intentions are I feel his true enemy. are clear. He has clarity, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see I see resolve. This is the biggest moment in the and never yeah. not and this is this, this was the moment where I wanted to stand up in the theater and it got an applause Everyone but I wanted to like was like yes I wanted to I was like fist bump and like like and then the music hits and and then the lightsaber while turned on goes forward and Ray grabs it oh yeah and it's, it's a, so with cool. the John Williams cue yeah and, and they then, get up and look at each other and turn around they do the like kick thing yeah. I was. What amazed me when we saw this in the theater was I was like, did they just redeem Kylo Ren? Yeah. And of course they don't, and it's perfect Mm -hmm. that like 
then there's still a conflict. Yeah. But, like, that moment where they, like, start fighting together for the first time. And it's so good because during the fight scene, he's, like, looking at her. He sees that she's in trouble, so he draws the fire. So he, like, takes on three at once so they don't go after her. People complain about the choreography of this fight scene. How, like, there are, like, too many guys and a lot of them are just kind of kicking the air. But, like, the camera focuses on... It's always focused on Ray and Kylo, and, like, the individual action beats really work. And the emotion of the scene, like, really, like, pulls you Plus, into like, it. like, I like a lot of the, like, choreography with, like, the guy has, like, that thing that, like, keeps bringing her closer to him, but it's, like, right, a... Right, it's, like, a rope. Yeah. It's, like, a lightsaber rope it. somehow. She screams while she fights. It's so good. Yeah. It really... It's so... I yeah. love her. There screaming. was also we skipped it, but there was a beat where Snoke like declares her a Jedi. That's very satisfying. Yeah, which it, it harkens back to like the like Palpatine calling Luke a Jedi in uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It, but, um, this whole scene is very Return of the Jedi, yeah. but uh, it's very satisfying. Um, but of course, there's more. Mm-hmm. Which is why this is exciting. It's new. It's different. Yeah. Um, because they kill People all also, the... a big complaint is like, who was Snoke? What was his motivations? We never got to find out. I'm like, yeah, you can be upset that there was set up and less payoff. But like, I'm personally, I don't, as much as I say I love Snoke in this movie, I would, I'm much more invested in Kylo than I am with Snoke. Snoke yeah. is just some dude who says stuff cool. Yeah, I mean, I I said it earlier, but, like, it kind of gives you enough where you can kind of infer, like, oh, he, like, was trying... He's the guy who kind of wanted to rebuild the Empire. Yeah. And, like, saw Kylo as his chance to, like, build a new Darth Vader from the ground up who wouldn't, like, betray him. Yeah. And... We get the... Of course he does. Yeah. The um, end of the fight is, um, she, like, Arya Stark drops the sword to, like, slice him and then throws and then it to throws him throws it and then he like turns he it just on. turns it on and then off which it's is very... apparently adam driver's idea i think it's very cool it's really cool and then like the guy falls and you just see like a like a perfectly circular hole in his head yeah yeah probably the most violent scene of the sequel trilogy just in terms of like they put throw that guy down a pit and he like explodes or, into like, a bunch Ray of chunks of meat. Or like Ray takes the lightsaber like up a dude's like whole body. Yeah, it's very violent. Very violent. Um, um, but uh, you know something very smart that Rich Ryan Johnson has talked a lot about is like the room is red, so he can't show blood. But like the 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 like carpet is like draped from Snoke's head down, which is supposed to be like all his blood pouring out. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. Yeah, it's it's very. And cool. you know the, the like now it's on fire, so everything's like burning down. It's like it's like a fight scene, but it's, it's pretty romantic. Well, the fire starts happening after after the Holdo thing. No. Yes. No, because they they have oh to you're do, right yeah. they have to have their his whole like hand out yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there no we're and, there in a in a no yes, not we are. yes yes we are there. yes we're there i'm like technically gj leaves but we already discussed that so okay yeah um so this is the scene which i remember hearing someone being upset with this movie and being like i assumed that kylo ren and ray were now gonna team up and now and he and this person was upset because they didn't and i'm mm-hmm. like that means this movie was working was working it pulled you into it this pulled, and made you, you care were, you were invested in this relationship and you're sad now that it's not gonna happen yeah but so is Ray. she's 
torn up about they're both like destroyed because they both thought they were on the same page and it's like you can see him noticing that she's not gonna do it and he gets so desperate he says please to her yeah i mean we get this like this whole conversation is great you can really dissect it yeah i this was the moment where i was like this is maybe like top level star wars movie like it's it's up there on my list. My thing was, is that you could have a movie, this movie could end with them teaming up, and you mm-hmm. still have a whole movie to explore that relationship. Yeah. That's, you can do that. But what's way more interesting... What's more interesting is if they don't, is, because he, he cannot turn to the light side because of her. That's not how he should redeem himself. Yeah. And due to him only talking about her this, talking to her this movie, it is very easy for to say that he would have them teaming up as him turning to light side because of her which isn't yeah he needs to accept the past which is luke and leia and han and he needs to talk to at least one of those characters for him killing snoke is him again killing the past yeah and making himself the like declaring his independence from anyone essentially that is his arc in this movie yeah but like that's not him accepting his past and returning to the resistance, yeah. which is what Ray thinks is happening. Yeah, that doesn't. Ray thinks that's him turning, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's and it obviously wouldn't work if Ray, as much as everyone wants dark Ray, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't work in this scene if she just joined him and like started to rule the empire because, you know, she doesn't want that. It, does he want to rule? The First Order, though. I don't think that's what he wants I think what he's proposing is... Let's run away. Yeah. It's, let's... Screw the Rebellion, screw the First Order. Yeah, he says that. Yeah. He hates all of it. Yeah. But he's down to hang out with this one girl. He's like, this can be just us. (laughs) Yeah. And he's... This is where he gets, like, the most manipulative, where he brings up, like, her parents. Yeah, he says, you... They're, you know, they're junkyard... People, I don't even know what he says. <laughs> well, he's like, he's do you like, want me to tell you who your parents are? Or have you always known deep down? And then she's like, they were nobody. He was like, they were junkyard trash who sold you for drinking money. Yeah. And and that moment, like, hurts her. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, okay, now she's vulnerable that I, enough that I can convince her to join my side. Yeah. But that's and not... He says, you're nothing, but not to You're me. nothing. You have no place in the story. Because that's what Kylo's me. whole thing in this movie has been. He wants to find his place yeah. in the story. The point of this scene is he... It's very coded that this is like a toxic relationship. That's what... That's it's not what coded, pe- it is. It, it is. is. It's not coded. What I mean is coded for like abusive relationships where sure. people say... You like, can recognize the dialogue. And- like that's supposed to be like when people are like... Uh, you're nothing, but I'm the one who's going to see the most out of you. You know, no one yeah. else will. It's just me. And I think, but what I makes think it... his intentions, what he's trying to say is that they're both like so similar people. Yeah. And that they can both like. A yin and away. yang, a one yin, might say. A yin and yang, one would say. And that they can team up against everything because it's all like corrupt like he hates the Sith yeah. and he hates the jedi and he it's just, all a system puffin <laughs> let me learn you something live big, free right? don't join <laughs> imagine the scene he's like let me learn you something big <laughs> right just no but that is the point where kylo and dj kind of have the same perspective 
and Ray and Finn almost have parallel arcs where they have to be like, no, that's not me. The point being is, while I say that is, like, abusive and toxic, yeah. the point is is that Kylo has not had a relationship which isn't toxic and abusive yeah. in so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't... Which isn't excusing that at all. It's not excusing, but it's... But it's what makes Adam Driver's performance so great, and Ryan Johnson talks about it, is the fact that he doesn't think he's being manipulative. He genuinely believes he's, genuinely like... He's like... Putting his heart on the line. That's why he views this scene as, like, him putting himself out there. Yeah. That's why he looks like he's about to cry when he says, please, because he is genuinely that desperate. He gets so desperate because he... Because I think that's the bit where he realizes maybe she's not going to join me. Yeah. Because he's like... Please don't go down this because path. Because he's so lonely, he doesn't want to be alone anymore. And she's so lonely. Right, and there's a way alone. he could not be alone, but that would mean him accepting, accepting his, his past. past ah! Which is exactly what he felt like he just betrayed. Because mm-hmm. he's like, Luke betrayed me, I betrayed Snoke. It's just me now, me and you. This yeah. is it. This is it. Th- this is why the next movie could... There is a way to bring him back from this. Yeah. The fun thing about this scene, the end of this movie, mm-hmm. is we get him... At, he gets everything he wants. Not Ray. Everything he's wanted. Wanted. Past, past tense. tense. Now he wants like to hang out with Ray. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he becomes supreme leader. He is at the height of the dark right. side. And he's not happy. And another one of my favorite Hux moments in the movie, which is Hux... Finds Kylo Ren not... No, wait, I just skipped way far ahead. Because we need to get to the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> right, so they start doing so the... Finn and Rose are about to be executed by Phasma. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Paws escaped with all their re- resistance or whatever. Uh, yes, but they're being shot down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ray and Kylo have now turned on each other and they're... They've, they're both trying to grab at Luke's lightsaber, and it's caught by the Force in the middle of the two of them. Yeah. It's a very good visual metaphor. It's a great visual metaphor of, like, Luke's legacy, and they're both trying to, like, grab onto it and take it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We've already had the moment at this point where, like, Leia talks to Poe, and she's, like, Holdo cared more about doing the right thing than seeming like a hero. So, when Holdo starts turning around the cruiser, because her... The, the rebels are being killed. Mm-hmm. And we see Connix, and Connix is like... Which, by the way, I like that Connix gets a bigger role in this one. Yeah. I, I like her. She's fun. Me too. May, I mean, I, just because it's Billy Lord, but like... Yeah, fully. She's part of the mutiny. She helps out. Yeah. You know, she has an we active role. We see a role. lot of her more. Yeah. Um, she's like, she's running away. And then Poe's like, no, she's not. Yeah. Because he knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. Um, and she Laura Dern... And all of her Laura Dern beauty <laughs> says Godspeed Rebels and starts to put the ship into light speed. And then we intercut between that, the lightsaber splitting in half. Yeah. Finn and uh, Rose about to be executed. And then we got to complete silence as the ship blasts through the Star Destroyers and destroys every single one. It's great. It's great. And it gives the the resistance a chance to escape. And then we get Hux, 
he comes into the throne room. Kylo is unconscious. Wait, sorry. Can we just quickly talk about... I know we just did, but just, like, appreciate a bit longer um, her, like, speeding through everything. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. This is where the sound actually cuts out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also when people were like, then why haven't they done it before? And it's like, yeah, well, that's a problem with the past movies, isn't it? <laughs> like, No, it isn't. I don't understand that argument because it would require sacrificing your biggest ship and it's also a suicide mission. Yeah, but they've already... Why would you just build a giant ship just to shoot it at a bunch of other ships? Which is true. Just bad strategy. um, This is very clearly like a last resort. (laughs) I just mean... um, What do I mean? I don't know what you mean. I don't know what I was saying. We'll just move on. Okay. The point being is it's, it's a great it's, scene. It's real cool. It's real cool. This is where all the, the plot lines intersect. Yeah. And they all have to respond to that big moment. Yeah. I like that Kylo wakes up and Ray's just gone. Yeah. She dipped. <laughs> There's also the moment where, Ky- where Hux yeah. sees Kylo on the ground. <laughs> he starts reaching for his blaster. And then Kylo wakes up and he just like puts his hand back down. Yeah. What? happened <laughs> and kylo's like uh the girl murdered snoke and he's like send all of our sh- our ships to that planet and then hux is like what are you talking about the supreme leader is dead you presume to rule my army and then kylo That's force so chokes him good. and this is so like and lion like, king <laughs> the supreme leader is dead and then hux is like long live the supreme leader Hell and yeah. it hurts him so much to say that, but yeah. he says it because Kylo is now the supreme leader of the First Order. Yeah. And now we've got the Battle of Crate, motherfucker. Yeah, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, this is when I stopped taking notes, so it's it's really... It's up to us now. It's up to us to remember. We are the spark battle, like the fire <laughs> battle. Finish the podcast episode. So what happens? Laurel just laid down. <laughs> I'm so so tired. if the audio seems suddenly directed away from the microphone, ready? Is... My voice is right here. It's okay. right. There's a microphone. They can hear me. Yeah. Okay. So what happens? <laughs> he turns head back on. <laughs> Fine. Okay. 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 They all go down to crate. Yeah. They decide. That they. The... I. I love the like. The the crate has like an old reb rebel base on it so yeah. they've got like all these old like dusty star wars setups it's very fun <laughs> it's really fun yeah we then get um we get a, a very like, pretty shot of leia oh my to, God, so pretty. as the door closes we then get like a rose and finn like just flying into the resistance yeah oh yeah uh finn fought phasma and we talked about it earlier yeah yeah and then R- rose like dragged him out of there <laughs> yeah um fun. because bb8 saved them because bb8 stole an AT-AT walker. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, he's just a little robot with big legs. Yeah, you know what bit I liked earlier is when uh, DJ's like, he says, uh, you stole the ship, we stole the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we were equal. DJ's relationship with BB-8 is honestly kind of fun. It's Like really when he fun. comes in and all the guards are knocked out and he's like, did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> they just team up and decide to steal shit together. Yeah. I'd love a spinoff. <laughs> D- DJ, DJ and BB-8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the point being is that Rose and 
then they like crash their ship into the rebel base. this while we watched, but it's like I think Oscar Isaac just gets more energy when John Boyega's around. No, for real, it feels like he like comes to life in the last act of this movie, and I'm like, well, John Boyega was on set, so he like pets rubs BB-8's tummy. Yeah, like he's a dog. Yeah, it's very cute because he's like Finn Rose. Where's my droid? It's very, it's very fun. A small thing that I liked about this is that um. When they're asking, when they're starting to make a plan, it's like, Poe turns to Rose and is like, Rose, where are we at? And she's like, we have a couple ships or whatever, but it's not good. I just like that they're now including Rose in the decision-making process. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Development. (laughs) Development. Yeah. Um, And then, like, the First Order's coming down, they've got this big cannon that they're going to use to, like, take down their... The door yeah, of so the rebel they base. They decide to send out some fight fighters. Yeah, they're like, all right, this is our last stand. Leia's like, we're gonna send out a message to the entire galaxy asking for their their support. Yeah. Use my secret code or whatever the fuck she says. Yeah, and no um, one comes. This is the last hope of the resistance, and then I love these like these like speeders that they're in. That, like, they need to be, like, attached to the ground. Yeah. And they, like, shoot up red de- red salt. <laughs> I like it when Oscar Isaac's they're on this in it. Planet. And then, like, he puts his foot down and it just goes through the ship. He's like, what the hell? No, that's my favorite moment. <laughs> it's so the, good. That's the junky Star Wars shit that I like, where the ship is just, like, they're all kind of breaking as it's happening. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so fun. I mean, it's fun. beautiful. It's salt. And the guy, you know it because the guy tastes it. And it says salt. salt. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, it gives World War One vibes. They're in the trenches, you know? Yeah. But it's also like, here's the ragtag resistance against the giant empire. Like, yeah. It, it feels like we've really gotten back to the heart of what this is, where it's like, here's the whole resistance, and it's not that much, but they can make a fight and make a stand here. Yeah. I mean, I watched this, like, video essay where this person was like, Ryan Johnson is very good at making big things seem small and small things seem big. Yeah. So this earlier, the movie starts with like this big, huge fight and we focus on just Paige Chico, which makes it really powerful. And this is like, basically what's happening is 30 people are inside a wall. (laughs) They're (laughs) just hiding behind a wall. And they're just trying to get through a door. Yeah. Not a lot's going on, but it feels so epic. Because it's the, this is... It is the last of the resistance. This is what's going to stop the First Order from becoming the Empire. Yeah. Because that is what is at stake. And And basically, they they realize they're going to lose. Actually, Rey comes in with the Falcon to help, but they're still going to lose. And it's very fun because the way they introduce it is just like, we see uh, two of like the... Uh, TIE fighters get shot down and then the silhouette of the Millennium Falcon flies over them and then we get Kylo going blow that piece of junk out of the sky so good a lot of good yelling from Adam Driver in the last act of uh, Adam Driver's so good in this one this is maybe one of my favorite performances in all of Star Wars is Adam Driver in this one yeah it's so good it's so good um, and then Poe makes the mature choice which is to but bring them back because he realizes it's a suicide mission to try and take out this cannon. Yeah. And he's but, like, it's more important that the resistance survives than we try and be martyrs right now. Yeah. And Finn decides, no, 
<laughs> BFN has had his own arc in the movie, and he's like, no, I'm gonna... I would die for this cause. I would die for these people. Yeah, he has the Malcolm Reynolds moment. Yeah. It's very good. So, um, he He's about to, to do his self-sacrifice moment. People genuinely, an argument was that... I think the reason why people don't like Rose is because she intervenes at this moment, mm-hmm. and she stops Finn from... Dist- destroying the cannon which he could have done had she prevented it yeah and some people say that would have been the end of finn arc finn's arc is dying for the resistance which i hate yeah that would be terrible i love finn (laughs) i just want more of him always i think it's important for finn to do this Mm -hmm. and therefore me not wanting finn to die i think it's important that rose saves him i don't really quite get the line which is like we're gonna do this by not where this is how we win, not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. And people call Rose naive for this scene. I don't think she is at all. Mm-hmm. I think she's very aware, and I like a lot. She She's so ready to sacrifice for the resistance. She gives up her necklace. She's There's a lot of scenes where she is serious and very real about the war she is fighting in, more yeah. than Finn at times. I mean, Rose does seem to have a real anger against the the first order yeah but then this line i think i don't know i'm kind of conflicted about it because i see the point it's a very star wars idea yeah that like an act of non-violence is stronger than an act of violence and like uh fighting out of love is inherently going to uh be stronger than fighting out of hate yeah and i get that but it's also like i feel like it kind of denies it doesn't deny, but it fails to acknowledge, like, the real anger behind, like, actual resistance and yeah. rebellion and I, I activism. Think, yeah, I think it doesn't really work. And I think people then take that line out on every all of Rose, which I don't think is accurate. Yeah. I don't like this scene because then Rose and Finn kiss, and it's like, I didn't... I, I, I like her saving him that moment does serve that. Mm-hmm. Where, again, it's like the thing that Poe learns where he's like, it's more important that the resistance survives so they can continue to fight mm-hmm. than, like, we burn ourselves out right here. Yeah. We burn out the light. But, like, and so because of that, what Rose says makes sense. But then the kiss just is weird. Yeah. Because think... this has not been romantic at all throughout the whole movie. Like, I'll say that Finn and Rey are rom- platonic but then yeah. you can always argue that it's romantic and i will agree with you you can argue because there are actual hints at that there are actual across hints. the film this is one where i'm like i don't get at all how someone could see this as romantic like there are no hints towards it it's just them hanging out yeah um, i i do like the moment earlier in the movie where like finn and where pose like how did you two meet and finn is just like just luck i guess and then pose like good luck and rose is like not sure yet. See, I like, interpret that scene as Poe's a very jealous boyfriend. <laughs> no, I also interpret that as Poe's a very jealous boyfriend. It's just being like, so how'd you guys meet? Yeah. And like, is this good or bad for me? But I do like um, Rose kind of not being sure about Finn and then her kind of warming up to him. But that doesn't feel romantic to me. It doesn't. Yeah. I just don't like this kiss. It's also like, it's not played as a romantic kiss, even though it's... There's like a, a, big explosion, a big explosion behind them, behind and them. John Williams is pl- uh, building it up. 
Like, it's like she just kisses him and he has no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, it's not a good kiss. It's not a good kiss. They don't embrace each other. She's just kind of... And then falls falls asleep. It really, yeah. And he has no positive or negative reaction to it. Yeah. He seems completely neutral on the fact. <laughs> the first order is closing in. Le- the no one has responded to Leia's call, and she's like, the hope has finally gone out yeah. in the galaxy. And then, comes in. and then we get the ghost. Not the ghost. The we get a projection of Luke. a projection of Luke. We don't know it's a projection yet. But we get Luke Skywalker comes in and he looks like how he did in the flashbacks. That's so good. And when I saw the movie the first time, I just assumed he cut his beard. I don't know. Maybe it's not a priority. I was just like, oh, they made him look better because he's about to do something cool. I didn't really notice it that much. But we have this beautiful scene between him and Leia. It's really spectacular. They were able to film it. Yeah. And this is a moment that has both made me cry watching the movie and also watching the documentary, them filming the scene. Because it seems like they had a lot of fun making this movie, but this was a scene where everyone kind of went very quiet and just let it play out. I don't know. There's something so beautiful about these two reuniting. It's Luke's goodbye to Leia. It's and Luke's goodbye to Leia. And their relationship is such a big part of the first And I don't think trilogy. they knew when they were filming it that it was... It is a goodbye to Leia. But it's not in the way that it turned out to be. They thought be. it was a goodbye of Luke saying goodbye to Leia. Yeah. Not... Us saying goodbye to Leia. Yeah. Which it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, and his line of, like, no one's ever really gone. It means a lot in the context of the story because he's talking about Ben. Yeah. But it also, like, it's... It's a little it, hint that maybe Ben gets so redeemed after this movie. Yeah. But it also, it, it does... That line does hit you after the death of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And, like... This movie, her being in this movie means that she, her legacy does live on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really impactful. And they play Luke and Leia's theme from Return of the Jedi, and it's... It's really great. Uh, it's really beautiful. And then... Look her walking out, and it's, he, like, music's building. Music's it's like building. Calm. They're playing the last Jedi theme. It's so he, the, we, uh, This is my favorite C-3PO moments in the whole movie, when he's just like, Master Luke he gives him a wink it's so good and then he walks out into into the battlefield i told you this when i was watching the movie i was like oh my god the movie's gonna cut off right here i got so scared i was like it's gonna be a cliffhanger (laughs) of luke going against the entire first order wow (laughs) i don't know what the next movie would be after that and it would be very unsatisfying, but I just meant, like, I was watching it, and I was like, it's going to end on a cliffhanger again. I know it. <laughs> I know it. You can't do this to me again. <laughs> don't, don't not again. Not I'm not strong enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, Luke walks out into the battlefield, and Kylo says, fire every gun we have at that man. It's so good. Um, and they do. And, and they do shoot him, and then he does the little he, flick. He flicks the dust off his shoulder. Like an icon. Yeah. He then, Kylo Ren the, goes down. Hux <laughs> has that moment where he's like, do you think you got him? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going down to face him myself. And Hux is like, supreme leader, let's not lose sight of our priorities. And then he just like slams him against a wall. Yeah. And goes down to go fight his old master. And then he's like... Did you come here to forgive me? To save my soul? I actually really... And he's like, no. I really... There's something very 
interesting about Kylo saying that. Where it's like, he doesn't want to be forgiven for his actions. Yeah. And, you know, Luke's not there to do that. He's very honest with that. He's like, I'm not here for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there's something of, like, Kylo is, like, really breaking. And he's just like, I don't want to be forgiven. I don't need any sympathy right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't I just, need help. I don't need help. I know what I'm doing. No I'm, one talk to me right now. Yeah, I'm going through a breakup. I'm, <laughs> I'm going on. through a breakup. <laughs> Someone get me some Ben and Jerry's because I feel broken inside. <laughs> and ice cream's the only uh, thing that will He does help need me. some Ben and Jerry's. He does. What happens next? They fight. Nice. Um, and This is again with the red. And that's the blood. Yeah, I also like that like the salt is falling back down and like covering up the like battle that just happened. It's very cool. It's like snowing. It's super cool. This is like when Poe is leading the resistance. Yeah, and Finn is like, it's one man against an army. We have to go help him. And like Poe's like, no, no, he's doing this for a reason. We are we are the spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the first order down. We need to keep going. And like he's like, all right, there's got to be a way out. How did he get in here? Which is, we find out later, but it 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 does like give them hope. Yeah, because that is the point of Luke coming back. He is becoming Luke Skywalker, Jedi legend. He's, like he is embracing is it. He's about, embracing like, his past. People are like, this isn't the Luke I'm remembering, and it's like, yeah, but you get that at the end of the movie. Yeah, is this big? And epic, he becomes better is, than he's ever been before. This is this epic big hero moment for Luke. Yeah, and I think that's what people wanted, right? So the here you go, you get it. Yeah, I don't know. I also. I then like the moment that, like, we have the conversation with Luke where he's, where Kylo's like, the Resistance is dead, and when I kill you, you will be the last Jedi. And Luke is like, amazing. Every single thing you just said is wrong. Yeah. The Resistance, the Rebellion is reborn today. The war is just beginning. And I will not be the last Jedi. And right as he yes. says that, we cut to Rey. No, but you know what they're doing is like, um, the Resistance is not dead. And it cuts to Poe because he's the new face of the Resistance. And yeah. then goes, the war is just beginning. And because we cut to Finn. Finn because he's just joining in. Yeah. And it's like, and I will not be the last Jedi. We get to Rey. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and she's like saving all of them, creating an exit for them. Oh, we get the great like, and the- lifting rocks. <laughs> yeah, we get lifting rocks and then John Williams, my heart and soul, I give to him. <laughs> um... And then Finn and Ray get to hug after it's all this so time. Cute. It's so satisfying. It's like, yay, they're friends. And then we go back to Luke and Kylo. And he's, Kylo realizes. And he's like, if you strike me down in anger, I will always be with you. Which Just is like your up. father. It's set up it's for set up. what? Ghost Luke. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, it's still an amazing moment. Yeah. And then Kylo finally does his last failure which is that he tries to kill luke and then he like slashes through him it's a hologram he puts his lightsaber through him and he to like test it and then we cut to luke on the islands and a giant choir like comes in in the music and 
uh, Luke gets to die on his own terms, which yeah. was a very important thing Looking to Ryan Johnson. Kylo does not kill Luke. Kylo, Luke saves the resistance by becoming the legend that he always was known as. Yeah. And it really doesn't feel like Kylo killed Luke. It's just No, because he didn't. It's yeah. just Luke making his last stand and becoming... The hero. The hero of the story. And giving the hope that they need. Yeah, he is the spark of hope that the literal crawl of the movie said that he would be. Yeah. The crawl to Star Wars. (laughs) This Um, movie's so good, Laurel. It's so good. This movie's so good. Um, Um, And then Rey escapes with the Resistance. I like that we see her, like, kind of being like, come on, come on, everyone get in. And then she looks and sees Kylo. For the last time. For the last time and closes the door on him. Yeah. Uh... Which presumably I always assumed that was going to be the end of their force bonds. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because Snoke is dead, but they're still having the force yeah, bond. Yeah, so it, I like it, it does imply that it was them. It like is it was, they do actually have not, a connection. Yeah, they do have a connection. But I like the idea that Ray's like. She's saying goodbye, at least for now. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kylo picks up the dice that Luke had handed to Leia, and, and the disappear. dice disappears in his hand because he has nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ray goes to Leia. Well, she meets Poe, and it's, like, sexy. Right! Right, right, right. So, 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 Poe goes up to her because the Ray and Poe are not right. yet. And he's like, hi, I'm Poe. And she's like, hi, I'm Ray. And he's like, I know. And the I know is supposed to be hot in Leia. Tell me I'm wrong. It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. I'm not saying... I would be down... I don't shed it, but I'm like, yeah, that is hot. Yeah, I would be down for them to hook up. I still... For them uh, to hook up and for him to end up with Finn, ultimately. I still want... Finn and Poe above every relationship on this. <laughs> Poe and Ray can be fuck buddies. <laughs> Friends with benefits. Um, what I mean to say is that I am down for all relationships in Star Wars. I've been very clear with that. Yeah. Um, my point being is when I heard that, I was like, okay, so she's going to end up with Poe. I which knew or, it. Which originally, in the Colin Trevorrow version, you were correct. Yeah, I really knew which it. Which is wild. Um, I was like, she's going to but the point but being is, then she goes to talk to leia then she goes to talk to leia it's great last and scene. she's like how can we build a rebellion out of this and leia's like we have everything we need it's a very nice moment and leia is given the last moments of these characters and then we have a perfect shot of like literally every single character it's the like last of the resistance maybe 30 people probably less yeah and then we have our epilogue yes which is we cut to the kids. I always forget about it. I always think it just ends on that scene with Leia, but it never But does. then you forget that this movie is perfect, Laurel. <laughs> then I forget that this movie is perfect. And, I mean, this is Ryan Johnson just being like, I'm assuming when he's making this movie, he's like, all right, I have one shot to make a Star Wars movie. What are these movies about? And then we end on this moment of these kids playing with dolls. About Luke Skywalker. Yeah, telling the legend of Luke Skywalker. And then they're, like, the, it's the kids from Canto Bite. The, like, guy comes in with the whip and they all run away. Yeah. And then the kid goes outside and very simply just, like, reaches for a broom and the room, broom, like, comes to him with yeah. the force. And I don't, what I love about it is, like, it's not even clear whether he knows he's doing that. Yeah. He just kind of does it. It's so casual. Yeah. I love and it. And then he looks up at the stars in the same way Luke looked up at the sunset. 
and sees the resist sees the Millennium Falcon leave like a streak of light. And he has the resistance ring. He has the resistance ring. And he holds the broom he like holds, a lightsaber. He holds the broom and it creates the silhouette of a Jedi. Yeah. And then people were it cuts like, the credit. This I can't believe they set up a spin-off. I'm like oh boy. It's no. themes. It's, it's thematic. Themes. It's not actually we're not gonna get a movie about that kid. But the point. The point of The Last Jedi is failure is a part of life, and everyone in this movie fails. Rey fails at turning Ben. Ben fails at turning Rey. Luke fails at everything. Yeah. And Um, I think the ending is, in a way, it's a call to action, where it is, like, everyone has a part in this story. Yeah. Ray and Rose and Finn fail. What their Kylo whole says is mission. wrong. Yeah. It's, she do, Ray, Ray does have a part in the story, and so does this one kid who helps them out just once, but that yeah. means something. And we can all help. It's, it's a call to action. It's very nice. It's very nice. And that is the last Jedi for you. I. And it's, it's about how these movies can be inspiring in the same way this kid is re- inspired by the resistance. Yeah. We can be inspired by these movies this... to be better. This movie's. I know we comp- we talked a lot about the flaws of this movie. It's not perfect. But everything but I love about Star Wars is in it. Everything I love about Star Wars is in it, and the themes. It. And it's it has. The most I understand Star Wars and like what it's trying to say and what it's trying to talk about. I think this encompasses everything that Star Wars is. Like when I was talking in the last one, we had our little argument where I was like, "This feels like it's only part of what Star Wars is. This feels like it's got all of it." Yeah. And you know, it's imperfect. It's messy, but it like really sticks the landing, and it feels like a full. It's it's just such a complete package, and there's room for more. Of course. Of it is course. the, the second chapter. Some people, I remember saying, like, where can you go from here if Snoke's dead and the Resistance has survived? And it's like, there's so much to do. We still haven't talked about the Knights of Ren. We still have not completed Rey's arc yet. Kylo needs to be redeemed. Needs Rey to needs to redeemed. find out who she is. Finn needs to start a revolution. There's so much to do. All of this stuff which will not happen in the next movie, but... <laughs> but there's a lot of potential, potential there. But it also does act as a very nice, like, it ties its own knot well. Ryan Johnson's very good In the at same way that, like, open. New Hope and Empire both tie their own knots very well. He has a complete arc for his movie, but he does keep it open for the next writer and director to be like, you can take Kylo in whichever way you want. Yeah. You can make whatever romance you want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Because it's not his job to say where these characters end up ultimately. Yeah. In the way that it was for, like, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to, like, end the First Order. It's just trying to to bring these characters on a full story. and And say something about why we watch these movies and what they should mean and can mean. And it, 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 it pulls that out of it. Very beautifully. Mm-hmm. Imperfectly, but beautifully. Yeah. And that's this movie. Imperfect, but beautiful. Yeah. And it's about your two favorite characters. Yeah. It's about Kylo and Luke. Kylo and Luke, my favorite boys. Laurel is so tired, so we're going to end this. I'm so sorry, guys. It's okay. We said everything we wanted to say. Yeah. I just love this movie a lot. Overhated. I get if you don't love it, but like still... No, I, I appreciate some of these scenes. I love it. And I love like, it so much. Yeah. 
Ready? Yes. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Snatched. snatched.